Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Save Cast, the number one old-school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 88 with Mod Goblin. Mod Goblin, or Ben, how are you doing today? I'm not bad. Uh, like I was saying a little bit before, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not sure that I'm interesting enough to fill out a whole however many hours, but we'll see. I'm okay. You, Stressful you, week. You are too humble, man. You are too humble. Everybody, listen. <laughs> you've been on you've been working for uh you've been working with the jagex team for how long six months five and a half months i started march 28th i feel like it's just been so much longer but i guess that's because you've just been around the community in general for years i mean it's been a busy couple of months as well to be fair i feel like i don't know toa woolly boss rework blog yeah. um all the other stuff we've done we've definitely done other stuff uh, like giants foundry like it just goes so quick like it's so easy to forget yeah that's crazy i mean soon you're gonna be like one of the uh veterans on the team and uh but it, it already feels like you're a veteran on the team seriously but uh it's cool because that means all the other people leave <laughs> like, don't want that hopefully mod ash never leaves that'll be a dark day hmm. the reddit uh the subreddit will be uh pretty sad we'll be mourning i don't do you think that'll ever happen mod ash will uh retire um or is he just I don't know. he's, he's been here like he's been here what over 18 years i think <laughs> that is uh, so insane it's crazy isn't it like <laughs> there are there are full-blown adults who are younger than ash's tenure at jagex <laughs> yeah that's crazy um, i don't know i feel like if he were gonna get fed up he probably would have by now <laughs> like so who knows yeah he'll probably Can't stick around the man, Okay, so Mod Goblin, for those that don't know who you are and kind of your background, uh, if you would like to briefly introduce yourself, who you are, and kind of how it how your uh, journey led to working on the old school team. 
Oh god, that might be long. I did another podcast recently and it was pretty long. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm Mod Goblin. I'm a community manager on Old School RuneScape, so I work alongside Mod Light, Mod Sony, and uh, Mod Aiza, who is the lead CM, so technically my boss. Um, I've been here, like I said earlier, for about five and a half months now, having played RuneScape since... I think I started sometime in like 2004, 2005. I remember what like year of school I was in, but I can't remember the exact date of my like first ever account or whatever. Um, before before this, I guess I um, I took like an interest in content creation a long, long time ago with a super. Uh, well, with like Hypercam too, you know, I made like a couple of RSMVs. I did like Numb by Lincoln Park. I had a video about um. Unregistered hypercam too, right? Un oh, my yeah, I'm unregistered. Yeah, I was like ten. Like, <laughs> who's paying I wasn't for that? Registering that? Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, yeah, I did like an RSMV for Number Lincoln Park that did okay way back in the day. Oh, I had like sick. a guide on Easy Clues back when Zami pages were like a mill. And when would this have been? Like oh six, oh seven, maybe. And Easy Clues were like still close to a million hour, I think, at the time, which was insane money back in the day. It was bonkers. Oh yeah. Obviously, you didn't have stash units and stuff, so you'd have just a bank full of all the emote items. Um. Shortly after that, I uh, moved on to a super legal copy of After Effects. <laughs> Started editing like COD montages, things like that. Uh, I've kind of always been interested in like gaming and content creation. Um. Streamed for a little bit. I used to I used to be like a Borderlands 2 streamer back in like 15, 16. Okay. Um, did did okay on Twitch for a little bit and then burnt out on the game and uh, was not was not funny enough to make it as a variety streamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I kind of I started uni. I did an undergrad in biochemistry. Uh, while I was doing that, I was editing some League of Legends videos to supplement like paying rent and stuff. And I was working in bars to also supplement paying rent. Then COVID happened. Uh, I was put on furlough in the UK, which is um, we were, I was paid about like eighty percent of my what I would have earned working at the bars, um, but it wasn't really enough. So I started to get back into editing, but I'd been kind of like all in on old school for ages and just like watching so many streams, especially during COVID, that I was. Um, kind of I don't I was just desperately trying to like get streamers who I watched and at the time I was like a complete nobody as well like just desperately trying to get like please let me edit your videos for you <laughs> uh it was like really pathetic if I'm being honest um and then I made that I made a meme video ages ago the uh how it feels tutorial skip um like forever ago like uh just a stupid like 20 second edit to drop it I started sending that to people as like my portfolio. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm funny, I can do the edits, bro. Uh, and then started editing for a few people. Uh, one of them was Pure Spam. And um, I love Ian, he's like one of my favorite people in the world, but that man is not organized. We did like two videos and I was sitting there like, you got any more footage for me to edit so that you can pay me for editing the videos? And it just never happened. And I had like this whole content plan of like a bunch of stuff that I thought would like really suit him. Like cool concepts and stuff to maybe like get his YouTube back on track because obviously growing on YouTube and growing on Twitch and stuff like um they kind of go hand in hand like yeah. you want to cross pollinate between platforms etc. Uh, <laughs> and I had this whole plan. Um, Ian is obviously good friends with Aiza, who at the time was um, laying the foundations for the old school content creator at Method. Uh, Aiza started looking for replacements. Ian suggested me. Uh, I interviewed for that. 
I got that role, so I spent about 10 months as an OSRS lead up method. That kind of fell through. There was like a business relationship that changed, I guess. And uh, they had to change their focus. They dropped a bunch of their roster, the old school one included. Um, so I had to find another job fucking quickly uh, because I live in London and rent is really expensive. Yeah. And it came a little bit out of nowhere, I can't lie. But um, that was, I mean, that was good though. It was nice to kind of like work with people that I was already friends with and like make relationships with like a whole bunch of other people who I'd like haven't known before but had like watched. And I was surrounded by people who I think were like really creative, really talented. And I learned like a lot there about like the esports industry, especially um, just a whole bunch of different disciplines. So I bounced out of that into like an influencer manager role, at a marketing agency. Um, so doing like influencer activations for brand accounts, so people like Pizza Hut Gaming or like KFC Gaming, JBL Quantum, that kind of stuff. Just like brands pay money to do gaming stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was crunch all the time i wasn't enjoying it massively and then my life was a bit of a movie as well i had like grandparents falling ill constantly um, my grandparents more or less raised me as well so it was just like a really stressful time mm. i wasn't really making much money because the pay wasn't great uh and then just as everything was a little bit like, bleh, like really bad um a job opened up on the jagex careers page for a senior influencer manager and I re i've been going on for ages but we're so close uh like uh, it was a senior role um so it was kind of a long shot but i figured i'd apply because i had some direct influence like direct experience with old school influencers especially and like knew the game quite well um applied got an offer for influencer manager um and then the role kind of morphed instead into a cm instead uh and I wound up getting that, which was lucky. I had like five interviews, so two with like a recruitment specialist. I had one with Mod Bolton, one with Mod Aiza, and one with Mod Huli, who is RS3's lead CM. Okay. Uh, then finally, um, <laughs> got an offer for community manager, which I accepted. And then I started in March this year, like right at the very end of March. And yeah, that's here we are. <laughs> so, so here's the real question. I've talked to multiple J mods, and most of them say that they didn't get the job the first time was that the case with you or did you actually get it the first time you just had to go through a few interviews um I, you could argue no because the role that i got on offer for went away but um i i only like applied the once i guess so okay. to speak so i guess technically legend so I just think it's weird with old school though, right? Because like, especially if you're in like dev roles and stuff, it's hard to have prior experience because the game is written in RuneScript and stuff. Whereas yeah. like, for me, having had a decent bit of prior experience with like old school creators, especially, and like game knowledge, um, I don't know. It just came at like a really opportune time for me. I'm immensely fortunate to have had the, the opportunity that I got kind of straight out of uh, uni. Like I dropped off of the course that I was doing, like my... Uh, my fourth year onwards to pursue it and stuff. I don't know. I was in the right place at the right time. I got super lucky and uh, I'm immensely grateful for the opportunities that I've had, but um, I don't know, a whole lot of luck and a little bit of putting yourself out there. That's really cool. Yeah, I think a big part of that is honestly putting yourself out there. And I, I think you were pretty qualified. And it, it feels like people already like knew who you were when you uh, came. I mean, at least the first Q&A I saw was like, oh, like, damn, that was... It, it just felt so quick like you were just all of a sudden like part of the team so 
I am curious because I thought you would have named yourself Mod Mildly or something. So what? where did Mod Goblin come from? Yeah, um, so initially, I, I spoke to Aiza about this as well. Because um, Aiza is just Aiza everywhere, right? Yeah. Like when he used to work at Jagex and then he streamed and he was just Aiza and then he came back and he's now Jagex Aiza again. Mm -hmm. I spoke to him about this and I was like, Ben, bro, what like, what, what do I do? Like, because I, I didn't want to call myself Mob Mildly initially. Um, I was like, oh, it'll be great. I'll have like a, a complete separation of personal and professional. I'll be a ghost. And... Um, yeah, that's why that's why I didn't choose that in the end, and I kind of like panicked like last minute, <laughs> and um, there was a naked. Sorry, I'm like burping as I'm talking. It's disgusting. I don't know if my mic's picking that up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, great. thank God. I could have just said nothing. <laughs> yeah, you could. But, have. Uh, there was a there was a naked Jakey video um, ages ago talking about. I think it was a video on speedrunning, maybe or like another one either way. But he spoke about something he called like. Um, just like goopy goblin gamer brain or something like that and uh between that and me like referring to myself as like a like an adhd goblin gamer uh <laughs> i just kind of picked it i think phonetically it's kind of fun yeah it is but um yeah so i picked that initially it was just i didn't want to be mildly for like a separation but obviously it kind of falls apart when well I'm at, i have like a bunch of friends who stream and i'm in chat and it's like hello mod goblin and I'm like, oh, okay well <laughs> I thought I thought I'd be like Clark Kent or something, you know. I thought I'd be like literally, <laughs> literally invisible, yeah. like. But it's not really worked. It doesn't bother me that much, to be fair. I think like I knew coming into it that it's like it's hard to be like a community manager and sit like out of the public eye, quote unquote, which is like a, yeah. a stress. But I don't know. Just is what it is, right? Yeah, that that's really cool. So the other thing <clears throat> that I always find really cool is when uh, at least like when Madalena, because Madalena used to stream and she's a gamer as well oh yeah and uh then all of a sudden she was on the q a's i was like that is so cool it's just like you were a player and now you're on the q a's like you are on there talking about stuff and i, I see the same thing with you it's like you're just on the q a's does that feel surreal kind of being a part of that experience of like talking to you know five thousand plus people in the community just listening to you on twitch is it scary surreal so, scary, yeah, is the word I go with. Surreal's one thing though. Like, um, yeah, like my my first Q and A, like my oh, meet meet the new the new guy, and it was it was me, Aiza, Kieran, and Ash. <laughs> I was like, no Giants. one here gives a single shit what I'm about to say. <laughs> and there's them be like, oh, look, Mudgov, look, it's the new guy. Sure, he has like fun takes about the game, and I'm like, nobody cares, bro. <laughs> And then I'd like I spoke about my bits. They asked me my questions, and then I sat quietly and just enjoyed Twitch chat while the uh, while the adults spoke. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be pretty intimidating. Just having Ash in there at all, just like oh gosh, like got to be careful. Yeah, Ash is Ash is sound there. I um because the game jam was like shortly after I'd started, and um I kind of uh, I attached myself to the Wildy expansion stuff, and then the. LMS Pures and Zerks, which started as a game jam project, and I was like, mm. I will, I will curry, I will curry favor and make myself known by providing this man with the setups. And uh, cool. yeah, that was it. So I don't know. It wasn't super intimidating. Like he's a really nice guy, and he obviously knows his shit. So oh yeah, okay. Uh, Toa Tombs of Masket came out a few weeks ago. At this point, what is it? Three weeks now, I think. Just um, just about three weeks. Yeah. 
so how has that been i i don't i mean obviously you weren't like leading the project or anything did you get to like kind of have any part in that in the development or was it just kind of like overseeing a little bit and uh and how do you think uh it went down uh on release do you think it was a successful release um in terms of being involved during development uh no i'm far too stupid to uh ever go near uh design maybe well that's maybe not true but um i don't know i got i got to play test it pretty shortly after i joined and give like bits of feedback etc during internal sessions what, um what was the like the best room then or like what what was your favorite part of the raid when you were kind of testing it uh i think akka i don't think akka has changed a whole lot since i first played it uh, in like maybe april to now um, I don't know. I think Akka's just like mechanically like a cool yeah. fight, right? Like I, I think so too. Yeah, especially with something like stay vigilant on. Like I don't know. It's just there's just something about it. And Zabak as well. I think Zabak is like mechanic. Like it's really simple, but Zabak is just so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it 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 also just feels good to just hit massive. I mean, if you have a Tebow, just the boss feels good. Yeah. Just I'm I'm fortunate enough. I I probably like. I love Wardens as well, but it was a while. Like I was playtesting before they were done, for example. Mm. Like the playtesters we brought in played those before me. In terms of my like actual involvement with TOA, um, I didn't do a whole lot. So um, Sony uh, was probably the CM most responsible for TOA because um, outside of our like rotation of you know one week's news post, there'll be light, then it'll be Sony, then it'll be me, etc. Um, we get like bigger projects kind of get divvied out and assigned to us so like i got the wilderness bus rework for example mod light has quest speed running that kind of thing um so my only real like direct ish contributions were um helping out with getting uh the guns chili bus trailers sorted oh yeah um which i was also a huge help with and uh the video by tasty and mofo about the uh, what you need to know oh yeah that's cool so the kind of like creatory side of things were like my more direct pieces and then feedback gathering afterwards just uh helping out with that kind of side of things i suppose um feedback changes so what are, what is your view on the release of toa do you think uh players loved it were you a little nervous i know it wasn't you Le i know mod arcane was probably like the most nervous i'm assuming but like i in my opinion it was one of the greatest releases uh we've ever seen in this game it was yeah really for cool. sure um, I mean, obviously the release has been like a huge success, right? Like the completion numbers alone are just insane. Like the, I think like they said in the kind of like dev diary that like the invocation system was kind of their silver bullet or whatever. And um, or was it golden? I can't remember. I know Max said the same thing. I wasn't sure which one. And now I'm trying to quote him and I'm also not sure which one's the correct one. I think it's one. silver, right? It has to be. I don't even know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I... I think it's just cool, like it it has like a fairly mass appeal, right? And um people have been able to do it at like super low stats with like crazy cheap gear and stuff and there's this kind of like sense of upwards progression for people that are willing to like take invocations slowly rather than jump in like huge chunks, right? Like yeah. you know, if you if you like really want and if you're completely new, you can in theory just like learn a lot of the core mechanics of PVM by just like jumping from like zero to fifty and then climbing to one fifty and climbing towards three hundred, etc. 
Uh, I think the completion numbers are insane. I don't think anybody expected it to <laughs> yeah. go as well as it did. Wasn't it like a um, million in like the first week or something? Like really stupid. Yeah, something. It was it was crazy. It went absolutely nuts. What? Um, I don't I don't know if you have the numbers, but like, is there any comparison to TOB versus TOA completions in the first week? I mean, TOB must have been like what twenty completions. <laughs> I mean, it took like three days for like Wooks's team to get it right or something yeah i don't know it's also it's a weird one because i'm not sure if this even like they're so different oh yeah like, oh yeah even they're both rays right but yeah. i think like fundamentally they're so different that it's like hard to compare them mm -hmm. like um i don't know especially when you look at something like bloat on release like that was a brick wall in itself yeah like, yeah release bloat was the funniest thing i've ever seen that was just a madness but um i don't know i think top total if you look at the board at like verse in Hazard, has about um it's five somewhere between five point five and six million completions now. After four years, is like, yeah, which is I mean, Tob is very much like an end game raid, right? Yeah, like there's no yeah. entry modes. You know, you don't get any purples or any like real rewards worth chasing from entry mm -hmm. modes. So you're not really doing those. So it's just do normal or not. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's like fine to have some content which is aimed to be like aspirational, like chase content, right? But yeah. It just makes them difficult to compare, I think. Yeah. But maybe yeah, comparing sure. top to like three hundreds is a more like worthy comparison. But even then I think like I don't know. I think three hundreds are maybe easier than top, and it's also hard just because this could be soloed and top can't, which is another huge factor for a lot of people, right? Yeah. So what is your favorite raid? Have you have you messed around with TOA at all? Like what's your favorite out of the three if you've uh, had enough experience with them? Um it's probably going to have to be TOA, but I think I'm biased just because it was like the first raid that released while I worked here, right? Like, mm -hmm. it'd be weird to be like actually involved with the release of a raid and be like, I love Chambers of Zurich. <laughs> Although, I think Ulm is genuinely just like, I don't know. Even Somehow though it worked like out. A, yeah. Ulm's like a happy accident, right? Almost like <laughs> yeah. the entirety of old school. And it's just like, Ulm on its own is just some of the best content in the game. I don't really, I don't care much about the rooms at Chambers, but Ulm is yep. unfathomably good. It um, is. It's and, so simple know. too, but for some reason, it's just so rhythmic and it it's just got right. good you get, flow. You get, you get into flow state with it, and it's just yeah. so enjoyable. And obviously, like Tebow still holds an insane value, so like mm. Cox never feels bad to do. Um, I haven't done as much as I'd like on my iron, um, because of my ADHD, I kind of like jump around accounts quite a bit, and uh, like the slightest obstacle or like the teeniest hint of burnout, and I'm like, I will make a new trophy account. <laughs> Uh, and then I just kind of drop it so I've been jumping back onto my like TOA's unburned me from my main iron quite a bit um, so starting to get back on there and we'll maybe get back onto full chambers sweats before too long I think because I don't want to I don't want to get a shadow and not have ancestral like if I'm using a shadow yeah. and mystic robe bottoms and an Aaron robe stuff I'm gonna look like a joke <laughs> like, so. I'm not gonna lie the shadow's a really good addition because in my head, at least initially on release, I was like, maybe this is maybe this raid's too accessible. Like, but but then I thought about it because, like, for example, I was thinking it just seems like you could skip Armadillo and just get Masori, and I was like, oh wait, no, like, like you have to get Armadillo eventually to attach it if you wanted the upgrade. And even with the shadow, I was like, people are just gonna get a shadow and then skip Sanguinesti and skip uh, Trident or whatever if they could just get one really early. But then I was like, oh well. The shadow's only really good if you have other max mage. I mean, that's when it really slaps. So it's kind of cool it's how the like, items work that way. 
I think like you that only that only really happens in cases where you're expecting to get spooned, right? Like if yeah, you're spending yeah. hundreds of hours desperately chasing a shadow at TOA as opposed to just getting eighty seven Slayer. Yeah. It's true. just like it's a gamble, right? Like mm-hmm. But it definitely does like open doors for because I hate I kind of hate catching chins. Like I love one ticking chins, but I like getting into a flow state and then if I'm doing black chins, even though they're kind of like a little bit dead, like all it takes is one person to come along, and it like doesn't bother me because I'm in the world and I know what I signed up for. But um, if I'm like doing black chins, and I just get pulled out of that flow state, I hate it. So I love one, I love one ticking red chins. But then, if you've ever used black chins at Cree, uh, using red chins just feels like the worst thing imaginable. Yep, uh, literally. And then I have a I have a T-bow on my iron, so I could like bow flick it, but I don't really hear it. Bow flicking without like a decent shield, like I don't have a Dins or an Ellie or anything. Mm. I could use like a crystal shield, but it's not great. So I've just kind of put it off. I have like two armor helms, and I'm like, maybe I'll. I think what will probably end up happening is I'll get a shadow eventually, and then chase armor. But I'm slowly Toriel skipping towards like a Kree task at the moment. But I keep getting Abbey Demons and Sire, which is also a burnout potential boss. I hate Sire. So <laughs> Sire, Sire was only. It only became fun for me after I got Dragon Claws, and uh, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to have claws. I just hate the vent phase so much. Yeah, that's a little obnoxious. I mean, it's like the typical. Uh, but I I don't know. I've always memed this. I think I memed it the most when Nightmare came out. I was like, oh look, another boss that has four pillars and three phases. Like great. Like it's literally Sire, or it's literally Zolcano. It's literally like mm. just these four. It's always four pillars, three phases. Something that's like just i don't know people uh, maybe it's innate in in us humans to just enjoy that like three phase four pillars i don't know that seems to be a common recurrence here i'm glad that we've kind of changed yeah, that you asked, you asked about toa and i just started flaming sign i'm sorry i've taken us very <laughs> off topic okay here um one question i'm seeing on twitter i want to cover it before i uh before we kind of lose the i don't know point is bread asks how did it feel to join a team in the public eye which has been established most people have their opinion on the j mods did you ever feel nervous about how the player base would view you personally i believe you're an amazing addition to the team but yeah how was that like stress of uh i don't know at least in my head whenever there's a new j mod i mean judgments are up like everybody in the community is like first impression matters the most obviously you know if you were to say something like i don't know a bad take on pvp you're canceled permanently <laughs> like did, did well, you did you have stress about that which group you're talking to when it comes to what is a bad take on pvp right <laughs> i don't know um yeah i mean scary right like even though you know i played i played for ages i played old school I like i know it i understood what it like meant to become like a j mod or whatever i understood like the public facing component although i was like offered the opportunity like i don't have to do q a's and stuff if i'm like not comfortable with them um like none of us do right like even as cms i think we're afforded the right to just do do the work that we need to do sort of thing um, oh, that's cool yeah like it's not like a, it's not like a prerequisite right because yeah. i don't know it's uh if that were a prerequisite you might have difficulty finding you know, if you're putting in a job description like must be willing to endure flame from potentially tens of thousands of people <laughs> is uh tens of not thousands the most of epi- not the most in their basements, yeah. And sometimes sometimes the I don't know, when it gets personal it's never justified, but yeah. 
I don't know, there are a lot of like really well put together people who are very angry about the game, which is you know, it's fine. I mean it comes from a place of passion usually, right? Yep. Yep. But um Yeah, I think nervous about not not so much nervous about how the player base would view me, I guess. I just didn't wanna I don't wanna piss people off, I guess. Like I don't wanna uh, maybe it does fall down to that, right? Like it's like I was saying to you a little bit before um you started recording, like I think there's a weird thing, and I don't think it's exclusive to old school. I think it's kind of in like the age of influencer and as like influencer becomes like synonymous with like celebrity or whatever. Um the even in like politics, right, there's so much of an emphasis on likability or like what makes somebody a good X, Y, or Z is like you know, social media presence, or, like, do they have takes that I agree with? And it's less so about, like, the actual quality of the work that they do. Um, I think that's one of the things that is, like, a little bit odd, I guess. Like, I think there's, like, a... I don't know, there's, like, an added pressure there with, like, the old-school player base, especially, it feels like, to not put, like, many feet wrong publicly. Because even if you do, like, unbelievable work behind the scenes, like... If you have like a take that people don't like, you're just gonna have a miserable time if like yep. people are like calling for your head on social media, etc. Yeah. Even if it's not like about like really caring about image and stuff like that. And then they'll nitpick um, everything that you like anything that ever is said. Like even even if it's not a bad take, but they're always like going back to your bad take that they didn't enjoy. Like they're just gonna be like waiting for you to say anything to just say, oh, yeah, this game sucks. That's the tricky thing, right? Like you don't, you know, you never want to put a foot wrong because you don't then want to have to endure like potentially just like, especially as a CM, where like a lot of my job is like reading Reddit yeah. or like reading Twitter and like understanding feedback, etc. If I like, if I feel as though I put myself in a position where, whenever I do that, I'm reading through loads and loads and loads of negativity, even if it's not directed at me specifically, it's like difficult. It's hard to do good work if you're just in like that kind of a headspace. I think all the time. Um. Which is something I'm like kind of guilty of. I think I get I uh, I take stuff to heart a lot, even if it's just about content. Like it's really easy for me to kind of like start in like a a sad or like downward spiral when it comes to negativity and stuff like that. I use this constantly on me about it, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. So it's not without its it's not without its stresses, right? Like uh, it's a spooky job to do. I think yeah. in like that sense. Well, I think all the CMs have, like the the latest CMs have. I don't. I'm I'm trying to think of any CM that hasn't done a great job. Like you're all very active in the community, and just I don't know. I feel like it always kind of works out. Oh, and so. I consider myself blessed every day to work with the the CMs that I like work with. So like Light, Sony, Aiza, just they're awesome. They're, they're so just the cool. best team as well. Yeah. Like. I think like they're awesome like publicly, but even like just professionally, just the vibes like even in like remote calls on Slack and the amount of time that we like make for each other, and uh, I don't know, I'm super grateful to like work with the people that I do. I think even though the job's like a dream job, like with the stresses involved, like they just make it everything. And, like all the devs do. There's like there's nobody that I work with that I dislike, which I don't know might sound like bullshit, but it's so true, which is rare because I feel like everybody works with people that they just. You know, every there's going to be someone they work with that they just really don't like, but I don't, I don't have that with anyone. I don't think. So you kind of contradicted yourself right there. I'm reading a topic from Ayiza. You said you hate him beyond words for typing this, even though you just said you love him. So he's he asks, 
You always mention <laughs> how much you love the gauntlet, but what in no. particular do you like about it the most? What makes it such good content for you? You're gonna have to explain. I, <laughs> I fucking hate the gauntlet. Okay, <laughs> like, I I hate the corrupted gauntlet. Not because I think it's bad content, but it is bad content for me. <laughs> um, again, I don't want to harp on about it. Look at me, I'm neurodivergent or whatever. But like. ADHD and the corrupted gauntlet is a nightmare because it's so if I have like tweet deck open or if I hear my phone buzz or if I hear like a loud noise outside yeah. and I'm at like Hanyuf doing like tier one prep where like a single like genuinely like a single tick of mistake can just kill you. Yep. I, I am so easily distracted that the amount of times I'm like, oh, a bird or something like by the window. Not even like not even ironically. Um, I will just perish at Hanyuf and then prep is like seven minutes or whatever and because of me just being a burger I've just wasted <laughs> like loads of time um, I don't I don't think prep's that fun either is like my only gripe with Gauntlet like I think the content's sick but if you're not interested in like really pushing prep down a lot it doesn't feel like you make many decisions really like there's always time to like force whatever like weapon setup you want etc even if you're doing tier 2 prep right um I don't know. I just, I vent to Ben every time he's like, you know, have you been playing much recently? I'm like, no, I don't want to log in because of Gauntlet because I'm burnt. I've barely even done much of it, to be honest. Like, I think across like a whole bunch of accounts, I've maybe done like 700 or so, probably across like Gim, Hardcore. That's a lot. What are you talking about? You just, that's, that's a 700 ton. is when, the, when there are people who've done like almost 2K without enhanced seeds. I don't know. 700 is not that much. Yeah. I mean, you saw that guy seven that went like, what was it, 3,200 dry for his first crystal weapon seed? Yeah. A, uh, yeah. Like, no, nah, not for me. I guess, I, for me as well, I guess I'm lucky enough on my like, main iron that I was spooned um, Tebow, so I just kind of I'm okay-ish to skip Gauntlet. There are still places where both is better, right? But yeah. by and large, I think I can get by without... Maybe one day I'll like come around on it or something. Um, but... I don't know. It's just like a meme, like Ben always. <laughs> he always flames me saying that hate and gauntlet isn't a personality trait. Uh, which, yeah, he's not wrong, but I, I just don't like it. I think it's sick content, just not for me. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know how I feel about gauntlet. I spoon the place. I got both of my seeds and pet, actually two pets, in like under five hundred and like thirteen armor seeds. So I was just oh chilling. God. But like, on your son. Sorry. Hanyuf's fun. Love Hanyuf. Um, oh, yeah. No. Just the rest of it. I think that's, like, one of the best fights in the game. But... Uh, Hanyuf's fine. I feel, I don't know. I just get, like... I think the... I'm trying to think of what irritates me about... Well, first of all, the RNG... They they fixed a lot of Gauntlet. I was doing it in the early days where, like, you would actually just get totally mm -hmm. trolled with the Demis. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't know, even the fight I'm not, like, particularly fond of. I think it's fine. It's just not, like, really fun. Something that's really fun is Wardens. I mean, when I think of a fun boss fight, even Fasani's, I think, is just great. Normal Nightmare, yeah. no. But, like, just, I don't know. Hunlifts yeah. is just static. It just I, I know it's not static, but it feels like it's just the same things happening. It's the same attacks, and I don't know. Yeah, I think it's one of those pieces of content that makes you a much better player, though, right? Like, you need to... I don't know. You need to get like a whole handle on like even like counting mechanics, which I'm usually not a fan of. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like counting, parding matter a whole bunch. Like getting your prayers correct and stuff, and not misclicking. 
I don't know. I think it definitely makes you a better player. I think the same way that Inferno does for a lot of people, right? Like for it, sure, for sure. It's just like a piece of content where you can grow like a whole bunch in like one place as a player, which mm -hmm. is cool. Even I, with prep in terms of like saving ticks and stuff like that and like moving properly. Yeah, the movement. It's it's definitely helped a lot of uh, people with their movements. I actually really enjoy bosses that have tiled floors. I know it's not like the greatest aesthetic in some people's opinion to just have tile floors for everything, but I think that's just phenomenal for PVM. Like I love wardens that everything's tiles and I don't know. It just things are more visually uh, there, and so it's just easier to like understand where you are, like where your true tile is. So yeah, no, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a low detail player, but I tend to turn it off when I'm in TOA because you lose like the tiling on some of the floors, like at Bar Bar and stuff. Oh yeah, that that would be not good. I do like uh, low detail though for like Inferno. Big whenever fan I watch of low detail. Whenever I watch Adwam do uh, Inferno when he's like lo the low detail, it looks great. I don't know, it just looks smooth. Okay, Ian or Peter Spam asks, "What are your long-term goals with the career switch you chose, and how are you feeling now working on your passion as opposed to the education you originally pursued?" Look forward to this. Ben is a legend. I love Ian. I literally have his stream up right now. I just muted and uh, watching cool. him struggle with uh, Boulder Dash at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, on a pure, on a pure no less as well. But um, long term goals. I'm not. I'm not much of a long term person. I don't know. I'd like to be here for a long time, but um, I don't know. When people ask, like, "What's your plan?" Like five years from now, like, where do you think you'll wind up? I have no idea. Like, um, I have always kind of fancied myself pretty adaptable like um i'm more interested in i feel like i'm okay at spotting opportunities or like carving out opportunities mm -hmm. um and i'm i guess i'm pretty privileged to be in a position where i can have this kind of a worldview but i don't tend to rely really rigidly on having like a a long-term goal or anything i'm kind of like happy taking each day as it comes and i don't know i'd rather be like content day to day and um just make sure that i'm not i don't want to like look opportunities in the mouth and you know places to or like ways to progress etc but i'm just not really like a long-term thinker like that um yeah. kind of like the complete inverse to my partner for example like we're total opposites on that end um so, yeah, I honestly, yeah. I can't, I can't say. Even when I'm asked, like, at work as part of like personal development and stuff, I'm like, I have no idea, bro. I'm just, I'm taking each day as it comes, like, which is like probably a nightmare to like manage. But I think I don't know. I, I just yeah, oh. I think it's different like personality types almost. Like, I feel like I can relate with you a lot more. Just like you'll find a way. Like, if, if I mean, obviously, you you can't totally plan out even like a year ahead. I mean, things will happen, but. I think you're like yeah. capable enough to just, you know, if something I think does happen, just find something else. I think stuff just, especially like now, like I feel like the last, it feels like it's been unprecedented times for longer than you would like it to have been unprecedented times in the last few years. And it's like so much can change like really quickly that I don't think I'd, I think I'd be more stressed if I were the kind of person who struggles with like having a plan changed or disrupted. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of value being comfortable, like going with the flow, etc. Um, 
in terms of how do I feel about working on my passion as opposed to education, it's kind of a tricky one. So like the, the UK education system, especially when I don't know what it's like now, because I know GCSEs have been changed a little bit, but um, when I was in school and stuff, you know, you kind of, you turn 14, you have to pick um, a couple of subjects outside of core subjects, you know, so like English and math, are, everyone has to do them. Uh, you choose whether you want to do like three sciences, or at least back then you chose whether you wanted to do biology, chemistry, and physics, or whether you wanted to do, I think, like science and advanced science or something like that. Um, and then you get like a couple of options around that. But regardless, the point I'm trying to make is you kind of, you have to sort of choose pretty, you have to set yourself up for like the future pretty early on if you're going to go into something that isn't like a trade or like a vocational mm -hmm. um, job, I guess. Um, off the back of that, you know, when you come to choosing A-levels, you literally have to choose four. Um, and by then you're kind of like locked into a selection-ish of courses. Um, and I loved what I did at uni. I kind of chose it because it was like, I was good at biology, I was good at chemistry, I was good at maths, so I'll do biochemistry. Um, it's like, it's an employable degree. Um, thought I'd like it. Kind of grew to resent what like the day-to-day -day would look like after I'd graduated if I stayed in academia, like a lot of waiting around in labs, etc. Um, mm. And just like politicking in academia is a bit of a mess. Um, but I'm really grateful. I don't regret the change at all. Um, it's like scarier. I'm grateful that I went to uni. I had like the best experiences, discovered a whole bunch about me. Um, explored parts of myself that I didn't get to explore back home um, that I did in London at my fiance, made like a whole bunch of friends, made a whole bunch of cool memories but I am definitely happy with where I ended up and still glad that I at least did uni, I think more for the lessons I learned about myself and just like That's the cool. world or like my place in it rather than like the actual subject that I did if that makes sense Yeah, That's really cool So it all worked out yeah, there always is, like, a trade-off with the passion or the, you know, pay, I think. I mean, in my head, I'm just thinking, you got to enjoy your life. I mean, life's so short. I mean, you, I don't know. Enjoyability yeah. of life over, like, a little bit extra pay is, like, I would take that 100% every time. It's also just, like, family figures, right? Like, I, uh, my my grandparents are, like, Mancunian, so they're from, they're from Manchester, from, like, you know, growing up in uh, post-World War II, uh, Great Britain, etc. It was very much like, you know, you need, a, you need a good job, you need to work hard, you need a job that definitely makes money. So like, as a kid, like gaming or content creation or music or anything like that was like never on, it was never something I would have been able to pursue yeah. comfortably without pissing off like the people that I live with. Yeah. Um, so I had to choose and I'm immensely lucky to have wound up where I am right now because a lot of people aren't. That's cool. Okay, here's a topic, going back to RuneScape. Uh, second base, he has a few topics. I mean, I guess I'll read them, but I, I really like the first one. What are your thoughts on the role of the polling system in OSRS? And just to expand on it, is it outdated? Are there th things that you would like to have see changed, I guess, like personally? Um, he also is asking about, like, offensive prayers. He's, he's asking if... Uh, there will be higher offensive prayers for like level 20 defense accounts and basically will there ever just be higher level uh i guess offensive prayers in general but the main one is like the first yeah 
the the polling system's a tricky one. And this is one of those questions where, like earlier, when I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, just the people pissed off at me forever. Um, and I think kind of like everyone who works here has like a different take. Um, I I think the polling system was Im immensely important, especially even to me as a player, in kind of like restoring trust in Jagex. And I think by and large, I still think it's like a force for good. I would like to see it used maybe to inform or help devs pick aspects of design rather than like polling just content that is designed. Uh, I think by and large, you know, like it's fine, but if we're like community, like being able to involve the community at more stages of like the development process would be kind of cool. I think there are other problems with it. Like if you look at like the number of players that actually vote in polls, it is really not that many compared to the size of the player base. Yeah. Um, and I think when it comes to like any democratic process, it feels like it is only as valuable as it's kind of the voter base is engaged and informed. So it's what kind of steps can we be taking really to make sure that people are making informed votes about like the long-term health of the game or like pieces of content and how are we actually getting people to, you know, go to the polls, <laughs> like, um, getting more people to actually make use of the right to help inform the direction of the game. Um, I don't know. I think it's good. I think maybe there are parts of it that could be changed, but... I had a, I just a tiny suggestion that literally just came into my mind right now. And uh, okay. so you can take it for what you want. So, you know, down by the uh, logout button, the little like uh, player info or like the account info thing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So I used to vote pretty much every poll for a while and i think the last like i don't even know how many months i just haven't voted because i just i don't know got lazy but i'm not gonna lie there was like a little flag next to that icon with the person and the little cogwheel there was like a little flag that said like new poll and it just stayed there until like I don't know, you either said ignore or, like, you actually voted. I think that would, at least in my head, I know that's a very simple thing, but it would definitely, like, get me to vote. And I, that's not obviously helping with the informed part, but, like, it would definitely get people to be like, oh, there's actually a poll here. I just, you know, you see a little flag yeah, or something. It's just like a reminder or messaging, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. super aggro with it and be like, you can't log in until you vote. <laughs> I don't, you see, I don't know about that. Like, that's scary because yeah, then no, you got, like, every I'm, noob I'm and every bot. Like, all right, let's just fucking Yeah, they something. still play too. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. I'm just talking about, like, more of, like, the informed thing because I think, as you said, I mean, the long-term health of the game seriously in my opinion like really does uh trump a lot more than just like oh i want this selfishly i mean we really should be like really informed on what the pros and the cons of having this pass or this you know happening i'm i am like against gatekeeping any player from voting i mean if you're a member i feel like everyone should have an equal say i don't know how exactly i feel about player councils i think that's always been a cool idea at least for at least the more I've thought about player councils, and I know there's no real, like, definition of what that even means, but at least in my head, it's, like, getting people that are really playing the game a lot to just really inform the rest of the players that, you know, associate with that, I guess, category to just understand, okay, what are the pros and cons of these kind of things? 
but without restricting or without like weighting their vote higher or anything. Yeah, I think it's um the inform point's a tricky one because obviously I feel like in old school, as in like the wider world, right? Like it's like headlines that sell, right? Um, yeah. And when contra like when controversy or even just like conversation gets stirred up, um, it will be based off of like a small point that like might not necessarily in the wider context actually be as significant as it's being like made out to be. Um, I don't know. I just think sometimes parts of blogs get like a little bit lost, maybe, in like the discourse that starts around one or two like parts of a blog rather than like holistically um i think it's something we're trying to do a little bit better with like the weekly recaps with creators and stuff where even though they're not for design blogs specifically um just presenting that information in like a different way for people that don't want to like read a blog it's like here's what happened this week presented in like an audio visual format rather than reading uh, which is also useful just in terms of accessibility because a lot of people struggle to just like read huge bodies of text yeah um, but I yeah I don't know when it comes to the when it comes to the polling process maybe there's like more that we could be doing and maybe there are people with really good ideas on I don't know just I just like I'd love to like de-escalate the approach to polling like um everything feels like in like absolutes or yeah that's... Uh, like gut reactions and off of headlines etc and I think it's usually like a little bit more nuanced than most takes but. Sure. I don't know. By and large, I think it's a force for good. Um, I agree. Maybe there are some ways it could be improved, and the ways that we just kind of communicate and conduct polling in general could be made like better. But I think that's more or less where I'm at with it. In terms of the other question about um, prayers and stuff like that, um, higher level offensive prayers available for accounts with lower, maybe twenty defense. I just sack off the defense requirements. I don't. Especially as someone who, even though I don't do much PvP, I like have like a real soft spot for it. Pures are like the easiest kind of account to put together. For a lot of people, they're kind of like a gateway into PvP. Um, being like, we'll whack 20 defense on these new prayers is... I don't know, I'd rather make people... I'd rather give people more cool stuff to do as like a one defense account, because for a lot of people it's like the way into PvP. Yeah. Then slap it behind 20. Although... I don't know. 20 defenses make sense if stuff like Corrupted Armor or like um, Ancient Warrior stuff came back, like back in the day. Because um, there used to be 20 defense, I think, and 20 defense builds are kind of a little bit more popular. But like now, if it was just those randomly at 20, but nah. In terms of in general, it would be cool. I'd like to see it. I don't know. I don't want to like shift the needle too much, but I think just diversity is fun and like interesting, right? Like the game still feels old school, but you yeah. can push it into the, the future and still not like lose to me at least you you don't lose I don't think the game has lost the old school feel for me even though it's so far removed from 2007 for example mm -hmm. in a lot of ways okay what about higher prayers he's asking like uh, beyond piety I think that'll overcome what about like a, a new prayer book in general I know people have been kind of teasing that I, oh, I, I didn't. One. I didn't play RS three, so I never really understood like curses uh, and stuff or whatever it was. I would, I would adore curses. Maybe not exactly as they were, like especially with how widespread stuff like one tick flicking is these days. I think Soul Split would be insane in old school. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I was a big fan of curses. I thought turmoil was really fun to use. The deflects are kind of cool to use. 
Um, I don't know. I'd like to see it come back. I don't know that it ever will. And I know that that's like maybe a spicier take. Like, I know not everyone's in favor of curses. Because I feel like for everyone's definition of like old school is like different, right? Yeah. For some people, it is like this 2007 era. For some people, it's like 2008. Some people, it's even later. Yeah. For some people, it's like 2004. Like, it's different for everyone. Um, but I don't. I don't know. The game now is just like its own beast, right? And yeah, if it feels like something like curses would be like good for the game or like push it forward, I'd love to see it happen. I just think they're cool. Again, it's like diversity, right? It's yeah. like fun new stuff to play with. I think a new spellbook would be really. Co- or uh, sorry, not a new spellbook. New prayer book would be amazing. Like a, another spellbook? My God! <laughs> like... We. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm always for like just new stuff. I think the Archaeus spellbook rework was just fantastic. It it feels yeah. like it has a place it feels balanced like you could choose i've seen people at toa you know bringing thralls i've seen them just i don't you know, know if thralls are balanced but <laughs> yeah. i would say they are balanced for the most part i mean i don't know like obviously they're good but they're expensive in a way i don't really consider the price usually i'm just like whatever i don't even care about the runes i'm spending but like it is significant and uh but it's cool because, like, we always had Vengeance, you know? So I'm thinking of, like, KQ. Like, Vengeance, I mean, you could just pop off a random 20. Just, you know, a Thrall does, I think it's, like, 30-some damage in, like, one Thrall or something. Which is a lot, but, like, over the course of a minute. I don't know. I just... It feels like it's in a good place, and it doesn't feel underpowered, which is cool. Because, yeah, it's a it's a fine yeah. balance of making it, like, not too OP, but still, like, having it desirable to use. And I think it was just really cool. I feel that. I'd like. To, I'd love to see Luna kind of lean even more heavily into like kind of skilling qual and other cool yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Because there's I... some spells on Luna that I think like humidifies sick. Plank makes cool. Tan leather's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, pie bake, especially in, like the weird ways that people just incorporate pie bake into the craziest skilling methods. I think is really cool. One thing I really want to see is first of all, like uh, I mean, Lunar Spellbook. I think what would be really cool is to add a. Uh, a spell where you can smith things because we have superheat on the standard spell but we don't have a spell where you can actually just smith things without an anvil and i think it would be kind of cool to have like a a spell where you could do that so if you're doing for example metal dragons which nobody ever does and you get the the bars that aren't noted i know there's like a spot where you can get them noted i think it's after elite karamja diary or something like that but imagine you're killing metal dragons every time you get some bars you can just automatically like smith them into armor and then alchem just with i don't know lunars and then spellbook cool. swap to alchemy and just i don't know i think it'd be kind of cool yeah that is kind of cool i like that a lot the i think like one of the things that feels weird about like archaeus and maybe maybe it makes sense lore wise and stuff but like archaeus being bonkers for like thieving yes is just, like, it feels like a little bit out of place maybe compared yeah. to like what feels like the skilling spellbook right um that's true um but yeah the other thing I would like, okay, so basically ever since I started playing this game when I was like nine years old, is telekinetic grab is the most clunky <laughs> spell of all time. And that spell honestly ha- could be so good if it was just uh, reworked slightly to just be a little bit more intuitive and a little bit less clunky. The stall on it is really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so tilting. Like, I was... um. I was trying to think of some really cool ways to do like brutal black dragons or lava dragons where 
you know, you're getting a bunch of dehydes and like you want to like kind of tan them there and then have your needle and thread and like craft in there and then alchemy that like kind of just have your own little economy going in your inventory. But because and and avoiding basically like being in melee range of any dragon. So I get it. I'm somewhat of an ultimate Iron Man myself. I don't know. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Lava dragons when you're like self-sustaining, it's a really cool thing. The only thing that sucks is your deep multi wilderness, but like. The idea of being able to telekinetically grab things instantly rather than sitting there and waiting five ticks for your dude to, like, register. Oh, that would be a great change. I know, like, a lot of people would never use it still, but it would just feel less clunky and it would maybe give some opportunity to use it. It's one of those spells, right, where, like, outside of, like, a handful of quests and, like, that, like, one map piece for Dragon Slayer 1, you just, like, forget it exists so you don't care about it, really, until, <laughs> until you're like, yo... I'm gonna get bones to peaches. <laughs> You're in that maze. It's like, oh, this is the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> As you watch is. the projectile fly out for what feels like 50 ticks, <laughs> and then you watch the statue move, and you wait for ages again. Like, yeah, yep. That is a weird one. I it's always tricky with stuff like that because I think I never know. Like, obviously, not being a dev, I have like a I've kind of picked up a good sense of what is or isn't like simple. But like being being a spell that works like that um, from so long ago, I'm not even sure if it would be like an easy fix. It'd probably it'd probably be quicker to just like nuke it and rebuild it entirely. But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. Okay, Hootie Tootie asks if you oh my God. if you have oh wait no no sorry he did he's not saying if you have a decent musical background. I didn't know that. So what are your thoughts on RuneScape's track list? Favorite song? If you were in charge of leading the design for Leagues 4, what would you include change from previous Leagues? So two questions there. Um, yeah, one second. Let me have a drink. I will just say my favorite song. It changed. It was originally uh, Baroque as I was a kid. Like going to Artie and okay. Cakes was just fantastic. That song just slapped. And then it turned to Overture, which is the song in like Sears Village. Mm-hmm. And then now it's the tower. Um, the tower is. That is... Kingdom divided or? I'm try... I don't know oh, where no, the tower. Is that uh, let me see. Can I just like right click it? Does that like show what it is? Where is this? Uh, north of Ardoin Castle in East Ardoin. Yeah, to this. that song slaps it. It, oh, okay. It's something with like the trumpets kind of like toward the end <laughs> that just like, I don't know. It's like really good. But what's your favorite? Um, mm. I would have to say the track from the Clan Hall Piano, uh, Rhapsody, is an absolute banger. I was speaking, it's, uh, it's one of Mordash's tracks, and I was speaking with him about it today because there was a Reddit video that came out a bit ago of, um, we made like a change to the piano where you could, um, if you're playing quietly, you took off the tick limit on the number of keys you could press so you could actually play stuff. Somebody did like a mini cover of Rhapsody. Um, it's like a really gorgeous, just like solo piano piece uh, with like this really cool like push and pull kind of feel for the tempo. It's like really expressive, which I think is difficult to do a lot of the time with old school's music. Yeah. Often, um, I don't think I've heard it. It's rhapsody. You gotta, you gotta listen to it. it slaps. Um, outside of that, uh, rest in peace. 
from Death's Office is gorgeous. Uh, Coil, uh, the track that plays at Zora, is yeah. really sick. All of these are Mod Ashes tracks as well. Yeah. Um, he's just he's um he um has like a really good sense of like classical composition, I guess. And I just I don't know they're really distinctive, like what an Ash track is, and I'm a big fan. Um, and outside of that. Outside of those three, which are kind of a bit slower and more contemplative, um, oh, what is it? Is it the fragment that plays during the fragment of Seren fight? I think it mm. is. It just has the craziest MIDI drums I've like ever heard. It's just ridiculous. It's like an old school RuneScape blast beat. It's insane. Um, that's a good one. Thrall of the Devourer from Beneath Curse Sounds. When you're fighting the Menifee Ack is really sick. And. Uh, probably the Zevak track. I think it's really, I think it's like cheesy in like a really good way. Like an old school RuneScape track with a guitar solo halfway through is so sick to me. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, yeah, so there's six. Uh. <laughs> Love it. I think my uh, least favorite is pro. I mean, it's my least favorite, but I'll still have a chuckle at it. Is Pick and Shovel, the uh, Motherlode Mine. Pick and Shovel is so loud. Well. <laughs> it's aggressive, like man. It's aggressive. Know, like, it's like I'm in a circus any reason, all of a sudden. It's just like if for any reason you're like, I don't know, maybe you've had one too many and you just accidentally turn the music on at Motherlode Mine. It's like a jump scare. <laughs> it just like kicks in immediately. It's, it's so like loud. you're in a circus with a bunch of clowns. And the, the clowns is not a joke either. When you're up on the upper floor, you got a bunch of clowns you're dealing with trying to get those veins, mine those veins <laughs> properly. Yeah, honorable mention to uh, the Forlorn Homestead as well, which is um, around Tessidius. That's also sick. Yeah, that one, I'm not a fan of. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I I never quite understood why people enjoy that because a lot of people do like that track. I just like never. I don't know. I'm not fond of it. That's fair. Yeah. So what Different is strokes. your what is your musical background? I didn't know you had one. I don't know about musical background. I started learning um, guitar when I was about nine, okay. and. Um, did yeah, you I started ever... on acoustic for a little bit, moved to electric. Oh, go ahead. Do you ever have any plans to like pursue music in any degree, or just? Or I don't just think so. Fun? I think, I think it might have been on the cards like a bit ago. Um, because I don't know, I can get by. Well, a guitar's my main instrument. I'm half okay at piano. Um, I can play bass. I can get by on drums. I'm not like a terrible vocalist. I know a little bit about like production and stuff. Um. I think if I'd gone down like a different, if I if I hadn't felt like I had to go into something like really employable, I think music is probably what I would have liked to have pursued. Um, but I think that time is like a little bit past for me now. Like I'm a little bit washed up on a bunch of my instruments, etc. Uh, yeah. Songwriting, especially, and like production is like a weird one where it's like if you're not like flexing songwriting drops like quite often, I think you get pretty bad at it. <laughs> and I've not written in a long time. Um, I used to write like a lot of kind of like math rocky stuff, like really like fiddly guitar bits with like stupid time signatures, but like with kind of like ambient feels. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. It sounds like really nerdy and a bit. I don't think it it's nerdy. Really nerdy. I mean, it's really I... no, isn't it's nerd music? It like okay, <laughs> math rock is for nerds, but I like it. So. I went into music. I mean, my first my first two semesters at college were music major but i, I realized no, i'm not yeah. i am not built for this there was <laughs> people that were in, extremely passionate and extremely dedicated and i just wasn't taking it as seriously and the, and i realized 
really the only career I can get from this is like teaching music, which I'm just not interested in. So yeah. do you uh what do you play? I don't actually play anything. I used to play the clarinet when I was like in middle school, but I, I went to uh just voice. I mean I was in choir and I was like in every choir in high school and then even in college I was in their little choir for two semesters and then after I dropped out of music I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm out. <laughs> like I can't do this anymore. I don't know. It was like stressing me out for some reason, which is kind of sad. But I think creative degrees, especially, are actually crazy stressful and like weirdly feel like really competitive. I think at a lot of yeah, places, really competitive. Like it doesn't feel like collaborative with your peers. Like no, it doesn't. I um, yeah, I don't know. It's like all of the all of the theater kids trying to like one up each other constantly and stuff. Like yeah, which isn't a bad thing. I love the theater kids. I wish I, I wish I could have been one. <laughs> like. I was in um, drama in middle school. That's oh, I I could not do yeah. theater. I could not do it. Like, I've sucked. I had to do a monologue, and it was the most terrifying thing. I was like thirteen. I had to do a fucking like five minute monologue, and I was like, "This is hell." Like, I hate this. I feel like I have to do that, and like when I was about that age as well for drama. Yeah, <laughs> I did not like it. I think nowadays I'd probably enjoy it a little bit more, but I, that's still not just not my strong suit. I don't. Know. I feel like good host. You definitely pick up something from it, right? Like, um, I think one of the best hosts in esports that I've ever seen is a guy called Dash who hosts uh, like LCS for League of Legends, mm. and he's from like an acting background, and he's just such a good host. He's so much fun. So I don't know. There's definitely some like some transferable skills for sure. Yeah, no, good, yeah. good diction. Yeah, uh, paying attention to your scene partner. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, yep. No, I mean, even when I was uh, in choir and stuff, like I was really aware of how I sounded, even in normal speech. It's kind of weird how that kind of works. I mean, even going to early morning choir, and I'm just going on a tangent at this point, but we would do, like, voice warm-ups. And I swear to God, like, the rest of the day, I sounded, like, good. Like, I sounded clear, like, even in normal conversation after doing, like, scale warm-ups and stuff with your voice. It's kind of weird. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of muscles involved, right? Like, it's yeah. Good to... Yeah. But, I mean, I don't. I probably should more often. Um, like... Okay, um, Hootie Tootie's ugh. second question is <laughs> leagues four. What would you include or change? Did you play any of the leagues previous? Yeah, I played all three. Okay, what was your favorite, by the way? Um, probably Trailblazer. Um, but Trailblazer, Trailblazer, I had a bit of taste in my mouth. I was gonna play with um with Ian and Aiza, and uh, Ian said <laughs> we said like um. Yo, you know, um, I'll take the range relic, then Aiza can take the, the melee relic, and uh, Ben, you can take the mage relic, and then we'll do Tob as, like, a cool little, like, trait. It'll be really thematic. It'll be, like, D&D, &D, you know? We'll have, like, a mage or a melee or a range. It'll be so sick. Um, which sounded really cool. And then you realize that taking the mage relic meant that you had to take the desert, and that I was sitting there on Trailblazer League doing <laughs> mage training arena. Oh, my uh, God. Everybody else is like, whoa, look at my blowpipe. It's so fast. And I'm sitting there telegraphing. Oh, it's just God. like, do you want to do another maze? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that meme. Yeah, jeez. But it's like, um, I don't know. If if like Trailblazer happened today, the desert would be so sick, right? Because I'd have TOA, I'd have the Shadow of Tumek and, yep. and like, uh, or Tumek and Shadow, I guess. But like going mage would pog off now. But we also did not do that much top. Um, I use it was like really busy. And so it was like, I just took this mage relic to play to play with the homies, and we just didn't play that much. Oh, that sucks. Um, 
if I were in charge of leading the design for Leagues 4, I wager it would not be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that, like, you definitely... I don't know. The things from previous leagues were like, damn, this would be so cool, but it's not implemented. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I think some element of RNG protection would be like one thing that I'd be keen to do. Whether that's like literally just like a, a pity RNG system, or whether it's a bit more thematic and that you get like shards or like tokens from a piece of content and you can just like trade them in for what you like instead, so that you can like never go dry on an item. Mm-hmm. Um, in leagues, it just felt bad last time, like in Shattered Relics, right? And you had people burning out because they couldn't get, yeah, like a war blessing or something. Oh um, yeah, that was bad. Outside of that, I think, I think there's some stuff that's, um, there's some stuff that's really cool and some stuff that I'm like a little bit more on the fence about. So I'm also like a big uh, Poe player, and obviously Path of Exile is built on like a seasonal model, and it's like a pretty heavy inspiration for leagues. I kind of like the I like the idea of meaningful choices like we got in Trailblazer with the areas but I I don't really like meaningful choices meaning you'd either have to like start fresh on another account to experience all of this stuff um, so I'd rather see something along the lines of maybe rather than getting like league points etc you just build up and maybe you could build it into like the in-world right and it's like by doing tasks or not uh, more on that later but um by like progressing you become like more in tune with this like weird version of Gilanor and you start like building up like anima mundi or some you know which is like the life force of Gilanor, i think law wise at least in rs3 mm, and you like pour it into some statue and like rather than picking at like these really fixed break points you could pick like similar to like the poe skill tree in like a lot of ways which is maybe like a straight rip but i don't think it's a bad thing where like maybe you pick nodes like smaller nodes, so like a five percent increase in mining and like gathering speed or something, and then you like you've gotten like enough XP to get five of these nodes, and then like in the middle of them there's like a major node, and it's like you're doubling your like gathering speed, and it also automatically banks the stuff that you gather. You can turn it off and on, and then like you could pick like another tree to carry on with, so that in theory you could unlock like everything. But the meaningful choice is what do you unlock when to kind of like carve out the path that you choose rather than like blocking yourself off from trying out yeah. stuff that might look fun um, would be like the big thing for me. So like it still matters like the order that you pick to do things in, but not in such a way that it's like I have chosen, I can't even remember the names of like various relics, but like I've chosen, you know, the uh, last recall and now cannot ever use the other ones in this tree i think it would be like i chose last recall early and now it will take me like more to get to these other things but i will still eventually be able to experience all of it and just have this like absolutely bonkers runescape experience if i play enough yeah i always this is completely game breaking by the way but i think this would be like really cool in theory and again it would probably totally break the game but imagine there was a relic where you could run 50 percent faster so you're actually moving three tiles every tick so you just got like some people running around in leagues just zooming by you. I mean, just just breaking the game. I wonder how like Sepulchre and other like weird movement based things would react with like <laughs> just moving an extra it tile so, faster every time. It'd be so weird like doing L movement in like a single <laughs> yeah. tick rather than two, right? Like, yeah, it would be a really you, funky. Going, like, two then up and one, I guess. But um 
I don't know. I think that is there's definitely it's in the game to a degree, right? Like the magic carpets in the desert. I think move yeah, three yeah. dials is good. Yep. By the way, um, I have to just say real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Um, one of the things I was really hoping from like TOA is like getting a reward of like a magic carpet that you could actually just use whenever you're in the desert and you can just manually path, you know, three tiles every tick and just kind of like travel around the desert that way. All that would be incredibly niche, but like I think it would be kind of cool, especially if if there was ever like a desert tremor boss, you know, like those freaking sand lizards that ever come out and they're like the only way to find them is to randomly I don't know, sort of come across them. And so traveling is like the best, I, I guess the best way of traveling around the desert would be a magic carpet. You're just zooming past everyone else. I don't know. Kind we can add a, a, a skateboard to TOA so you can do <laughs> grinds and kickflips around Dark Mare and stuff. AK-47s and skateboards, yeah. Just totally <laughs> no, the game. no way, Perry the Platypus. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to do cool stuff like that. And yeah, I think more than anything, I'd just like for players to eventually be able to use like all of the cool broken stuff and just like determine yeah. the order at which yeah. they do it and then maybe you could go like the whole maybe you could do something absolutely nuts where like if um like the first player to complete it like unleashes some like boss or something as like a leaks boss that finds its way into the main game i don't know that's like Ooh. way too ambitious yeah stuff, cool stuff like stuff like developing wholly unique content for a league that people might not like is really like <laughs> i would never like pitch that I don't think I think it would be cool, but I think it's like really risky. <laughs> yeah, I see a topic here from West Ham. He's got a few. The first one he's asked about polling system, which we've already covered. So I'm going to move on to the other ones. If you could implement any content from any previous version of the game slash RS3, what would it be? Piggit, <laughs> biggest pet peeve about the OSRS player base. And should elitists and game players have a bigger say in votes and polls, which I think we already kind of covered? Earthworm, earthworm, or mushroom tip? I'm not answering the last one as a Jack X representative. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I love Casper. I can implement any content from any previous version of the game RS3. What would it be? Um, Demonheim, but not Dungeoneering. Mm. I Demonheim is like a kind of procedural, and this is like a mammoth project. It's you know, <laughs> you asked the question. Uh, I don't think it will happen, but who knows? Is um, this kind of like procedurally generated piece of content that uh, you kind of need to do everything for, right? Like mining's useful, smithing's useful, woodcutting, fletching, fishing, cooking. Like everything is useful there, even like thieving, runecraft, etc. Um, and what I kind of like about it is that I think you could do it in such a way that it almost serves as this like fun to repeat piece of like mid-game group content which I think is pretty sorely lacking um, that serves as like a kind of checkpoint or almost like a checkpoint like a place that you can go and you can like feel the progress that you've been making outside of it so like you know you go where you train your woodcutting you come back in suddenly when you're when you're running running Demonheim, but not Dungeoneering, uh, with your friends, um, you know you can like you can chop down a better tree. Suddenly, everyone's got like better arrows or like a better bow or something like that, or stronger staves, etc. Um, just like a piece of content where I feel like people could 
come back to and like feel their progress during something that's like fun for them to do and maybe you could then also start like introducing bosses little by little that kind of explain for lack of a better word like the mechanics of pvm to people um kind of like piece by piece and you can start like combining them etc so kind of like a mid-game procedural raid um chambers does bits of it you know obviously with like the skilling stuff but i don't think it leans like really heavily into it yeah and i think mid-game is like the part of the game that is kind of lacking i know obviously like iron men often kind of lament the not so much now post cg but like, back in the day it was like the grind to 87 slayer was just uh, <laughs> it was like yeah. a big burner and for it's difficult to get your friends into old school right um when you're like, yo, when can we do something together? And I'm like, a couple hundred hours and we'll be there. Don't worry, bro. Just take those crabs. A couple thousand um, hours at this point, yeah. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, I think something like that is um, what I'd like to see. So, Demonheim with an old school twist, I think would be cool. Or uh, just archaeology from RS3. I think it's cool. Uh, I think it would fit in old school. And Are you familiar or not really? I mean, I remember watching, like, the uh, RuneFest announcement for archaeology. I've just never really played RS3 ever, so I don't fully understand it. But I I am on board. I'm one of those players that's on board for a new skill or multiple new skills, honestly, over the Same. next few years. I think uh, now I don't know how exactly down I am for, like, just importing an RS3 skill. But I think archaeology just... I mean, either. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it still could be cool. I'm really down for, like, sailing and, uh, you know, bard and stuff. But, I mean, I think archaeology, even, like, what I've heard, at least, from Invention, I think that sounds great, too. Invention's really cool, yeah. Archaeology is kind of, um, it's, like, pretty AFK. It's cool. Like, you just, you search through your finds, you get something interesting, you build up a collection, you get some XP like that, and then you'll find really interesting stuff and, like, all the different locations that you go to. Um, and you unlock new locations at different uh, like kind of breakpoints for levels and stuff. Mm. You start kind of piecing together like the backstory of places. So it might be a part of Santistan that was like part of the Zerosian Empire before it collapsed, um, or it might be some like crazy lighthouse in the middle of nowhere, or like something off the coast of Mauritania. And it's just like piecing to it's like kind of this like explorative element that combines like lore and storytelling and like puzzle elements with what is otherwise pretty like chill skill progression and the reward for it is just like discovering these new places etc and like solving mysteries that's uh, piecing cool. together a little bit of the history i i think it's really cool i think it's a gorgeous skill and i think it was really good for rs3's player base as well like um i think it did bits for them i'm also personally in favor of a new skill um which i don't think is that controversial i take because every time a new skill has been polled i'm pretty sure it's still been well over 50 percent, right like so. yeah <laughs> it's like I don't know. I just wish that the community just in general could kind of understand. And I know some people are just never going to be for a new skill. That's totally fine. It is old school RuneScape at the end of the day. But I feel like in the majority of the player base's head is like we can only ever have one new skill. So it has to be absolutely perfect. And if it's not, then just no, I don't want it. But I don't know. I just feel like we should get away from that mindset true. and just be like, why not have, you know, over the next few years maybe like two new skills that kind of come out i don't know how many how long that would take but just we don't have to be gate kept by just one perfect skill to come out or just none i don't know i think that's one of the things right like people 
I think oftentimes where it's like maybe this like could be better or there's like a better thing entirely, it's just like a, a no vote and it's like we we could do both. It might take a while. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. I and this comes back to you. Sorry, one second. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Sorry. I um it kind of comes back to what I was talking about earlier, I think, about like old school means different things to different people. Um and I completely like empathize and understand with where people come from uh, when they say that they're like really just not in favor of a new skill. Um, I personally think that there's like there must be like some kind of proposal that would even like win over those types of players. But regardless, like old school to me, for example, when I think about like what I loved about old school and what was so cool about it was coming home from school and suddenly what the fuck is construction uh, like yeah. You, know? yeah you just jump on and like my friend had messaged me like yo you gotta come to rimmington and i was like 11 and i'm like, i don't know where's rimmington bro it's like it's by paul sarin and i'm on karamja uh just like you know, finally wise. make it there and i'm like what is this yeah and it's this like the frequency of quite like old school to me is so much about like just the frequency of like con it was just like coming home and just like something absolutely out of nowhere just like being there for me and obviously that's like not the case now and maybe like as a byproduct of the polling system um nah but, you got yeah, a point I, I think a new skill is like part of that because like back in the day we got like i feel like runescape as opposed to old school has had like a fairly steady flow of new skills even like back then right from you know like construction summoning engineering and then moving into all the other stuff like divination, archaeology, invention. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like it used to have like a steady-ish flow, and it's a weird one because I think there are skills in the game right now that if they were polled would not pass, but they're like a part of the game's history, right? And like, no one would vote for fire making. <laughs> fire making could if no. fire making had just had like obviously different training methods besides just doing that. I always thought what would be cool is having like an offhand lamp. Something similar to Guardians of the Rift, that little lantern you can have. But just being able to store logs in there and, like, maybe even having, like, a log sack in your inventory that, like, can automatically kind of fuel it. And you're getting perks from some sort of thing. I mean, extra clues from a nest or extra chance of bird nest or extra bottles at fishing. I don't know. Like, things like that where you're just holding a lantern that's, like, it would, I don't know, just have a different aspect to fire making and I, I know that would just completely break the game at this point if there was a new thing like that but it's just fire making came out just so incredibly pointless initially but yeah it's just one of those things right where like i think it's like the skill of fantasy or something like fire making it's just not it's weird it's, it's just odd right like yeah, it's like oh and it is odd. the idea of like my character is a master thief uh I'm so strong, you know, I can, well, I could fell this, like, crazy redwood tree, I can farm all of these, like, exotic crops, and it's like, I can light these logs. <laughs> okay. Like, like, it just, outside, outside of Wintertod, like, it never changes, right? Like, you're still, the, yeah. the action, I guess you could say this for a lot of skills, right? But it's like, it doesn't feel like it progresses much past, like, you burning logs on Tutorial Island yeah. versus you burning lines of redwood logs in, like, Varrock or something, right? Yeah, I mean, um, they could have made it so one, uh, like, ranges would require you to, like, light the range or something, you know? So, like, there would be some benefit to... Well, I'm not going to go on a tangent about fire making, but th there could have been things that they could have just made better. 
and made it more useful but yeah i'm totally agreeing with you like it's a very weird pointless skill yeah i think it's just a bigger point that like there's definitely stuff in the game now that i don't feel like would pass but is in the game um and i think i don't know i feel like we we could do better if we did do a new skill i mean like i don't think like sailing and warding both still did like pretty well on poles i think and um, I feel like sailing might even have passed if it had been pulled at such a point where it was given the same level of like attention to detail as warding, maybe. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what else did West Ham ask? Of? Um, biggest pet. I've got peeve... on so many tangents. I'm really sorry. No, this is I love it. Biggest pet peeve about the OSRS player base. Oh shit. Uh, um. I don't, I don't know if it's a pet peeve. Maybe some of the stuff like I was talking about earlier with the importance placed on whether or not you like agree with... I don't know, like the importance placed on how much you like people's takes, etc. Or like... I think the tendency to dogpile um, individuals who maybe like... Even if they did like... Mis even if they did share something that like you think is like giga-trolling, like... I think like how quick like large groups of players can be to like jump onto people who are still like just trying to do like a good job yeah makes it difficult and i think for a lot of people a lot of the people who like definitely have like the option to remain out of the public eye kind of try to just to avoid that right like it's like why would you want to go on a q a if like it feels like every time you go on there you get like a reddit thread about you and like loads of people like jumping on you on twitter and stuff like that right like yeah even if like the work that you do is of like really high quality, like if what you say in the public sphere just like isn't well received or whatever, then I don't know. I just I I wish people would feel like a little bit more constructive about like problems with like content or design as opposed to like just taking issue with who they perceive to be like the arbiter of X, Y, or Z decision. Because like nothing nothing at Jagex and nothing on the Elskor team is like a nobody operates as like a one-person show everything's like collaborative yep like nobody just sits there and it's like i'm gonna do this and then they just do it and like everybody else is like just sitting back right like we talk about it with like a whole bunch of people from a whole bunch of different departments i don't know i think it's not really a pet peeve it's just like a i think that's when i'm like the most disappointed i feel like when a community that even like way before i started had given me like so much as an escape and i made so many friends in this community and stuff when it feels like there are huge swathes of it who so regularly engage in like crazy negativity for people that I would also call friends just yeah. like kind of I don't know it's disheartening right yeah. maybe it goes a bit beyond the peeve but uh, I think that would be the biggest one <laughs> yeah that's a good point I mean going back to like people being overly quote unquote passionate about things and just because i mean I'm, I'm guilty of it myself when when i like because i love runescape and i want to like enjoy myself and if i'll be really quick on like a take if something happens and i don't like it particularly and i'll get you know a little bit upset and i'll make it known but like yeah i i don't know when it when it comes down to like i don't know being really hurtful towards somebody that's like when it's crossing the line but yeah i think I don't I don't mean that to say like don't hold like us accountable as like a collective etc but like when it gets like really targeted that yeah that's it weird sucks yeah and it just puts so many people off of like wanting to be outspoken and then I don't know maybe you run into yeah I don't know yeah 
but yeah, it just sure. it sucks. <laughs> so his fourth question, it's kind of I mean we've already sort of covered it. I think we both agree like people should have an equal vote. But he does ask: Should elitists slash endgame players have a bigger say in votes and polls? I don't know about like a a bigger. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Say, um, but I guess this is like some of the tricky stuff, right? Is when you're in the kind of territory of making what feels like aspirational content or content that is like aimed definitely at people who are like end game players. Um, it's difficult. Uh, and maybe this is part of like the informed vote stuff. Like sometimes it's difficult for people who can vote to like properly understand, I guess, what they're voting on. And like that isn't to like childify or like condescend people that aren't like sweats or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's like if you were looking to make changes to like really specific parts of like hard mode top, right? Yep. You'd presume that you'd listen more from like a feedback perspective to people who understand hard mode top yeah at least a little bit than people who've like never done it and then you can make the argument that well you should be listening to the people that don't do it to find out what would make them do it etc and i guess it depends on like the nature of the change but i don't know so much about a bigger say but there are definitely like situations in which it's important to listen to them right like even though it feels like it feels like the vocal masses etc are like really anti elitism or like anti-sweat like they're still really important to kind of drive content um for players to aspire to do yeah because it's it's not like you know if you look at like how much better the player base has gotten since like tob like tob release versus toa release and how good like pvmers are and how many people are just like bonkers at the game it's night and day yeah compared to like tob and toa and it's like those those players got there i think maybe you could probably argue because there was content that forced them to get good yep um similar with inferno so i don't know I, bigger say in votes or polls no um voices worth definitely listening to for certain content pieces absolutely because like even though i think mid game is important and like a little bit neglected and i'm a huge fan of early game rooting Endgame is like the lifeblood of most MMOs, even old school, which I think is balanced more around the the journey to Endgame. If there's nothing cool to do when you like hit the goals, then what's the point in hitting the goals, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think they're important, but not the be all end all. The hardest group of players to hear from, uh, 
who I wish had any say. The biggest player group is just one that you'll never see on social media. They just log in, they play the game, they have fun, they log out. Yep. They're not really like on Twitch. Maybe they're watching YouTube videos, but they're not posting on Reddit. They're not posting on Twitter or in Facebook comments, etc. They're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Um, I wish they had a bigger. I wish. I wish I knew what like yeah. this huge, like really quiet core, like wanted from the game. Because like, what kind of stuff could we be doing to take you from someone who like isn't posting on socials or like isn't engaging on Reddit or Twitter? to get you invested enough in the game to want to have those conversations like what is it that we could do to like move you from like a, a quiet mass into like somebody contributing and like really helping us shape the game like, those are the people that i wish had like a bigger say yeah i mean i remember being a part of that group when i first started playing that's how exactly how i felt i wasn't really watching twitch that much how, uh, here and there i had no idea the updates nor did i really care that much and then it right? sort of drifted in there but how do the uh, player surveys work out? Do those kind of get their say, or do they not even participate in player surveys? Like the I think also it's the same as like when you look at the number of players who vote on polls compared to like the number of people that play the game. It's like um, it's a certain kind of person that will like read all the way through a news post and then click on a survey at the end and then yep. fill out the survey. Right? Like we're still not getting them, which I think is like a challenge or something I'd love to tackle because I think like it's also that group and again this is so off topic from like elitists and end games and stuff but that's like for me it feels like a really important point in like retaining players to funnel people towards like some more of that stuff and it's just like what do we do and i think we've done stuff that probably has been really good for those players recently like guardians of the rift i think is really sick giants foundry um probably not as big a deal for a lot of people as guardians of the rift but i think it's fun mm -hmm. uh, like social skilling in general and kind of like mid-game like social content i guess for because to me it feels like a lot of mmos live and die off word of mouth right like i play so many mmos and still play like a handful like not just old school and i think every mmo that i've gotten into has been from somebody being like yo come play this with me um so yeah i don't know i wish we could just i wish those people had like a bigger say or it were easier to kind of understand what they wanted yeah uh I will say, I mean, I know this is just kind of, I, I don't know if this is actually the case or not, but I will say YouTube comments, although they are like a cesspool of toxicity occasionally, I think if you were to like just look at uh, YouTube comments, you'd probably see a big portion of that player base, kind of like what they have to say about the game. Now, it's not, obviously not polling or anything, but I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, out of touch here, but I really do think like, YouTube is where casuals go, like people that are just logging in here and there, and th their say is probably in the YouTube comments, but yeah, I don't know if that's gonna end up leading anyone yeah. good. A lot of the YouTube audience are people who used to play and don't anymore as well. That's there true. are so many like, lapsed players who like haven't played the game in years, but will watch like every upload from somebody like Framed or Torvester, etc. Yep. Okay. A cold one asks if you could take one piece of osrs content and launch it at supersonic speeds into the sun never to be seen again what would it be and why corrupted gauntlet next question <laughs> <laughs> hey, he said why nah. and why no i think we already well, we know covered why. the why yeah we did but yeah i don't know that's really because i don't know I, it's hard to think of like because i don't think corrupted gauntlet is bad content so i won't want to get rid of it but i also don't know what is bad content 
And it feels hard to say that something... <laughs> it's weird to sit here and be like, I think this content sucks when there's a chance that I work with someone who made the content. <laughs> if, uh, if I were to say, like, a piece of content that could be launched into the sun, it comes down to, like, two things. Like, one, I am not a fan of Zolcano whatsoever. I think that place could have a huge rework that's... And I know it's, like, I don't think it'll ever happen because I already, like, really tried to push for it years back, but... That place is so boring. It is so boring. And it doesn't feel that great because you're obligated to do three phases. The phases are just instantaneous if you have too many people in there. It's like, I don't know. Massing should just be a one down every time. It shouldn't be forced to do three downs. And the whole thing just feels like so boring. The other thing I don't like, and I've been very like, I don't know. I, I've talked about this in plenty of Sebe cast, but the Chaos Altar... I'm just not a fan of of just feeling obligated to go into the wilderness. Now, if it had just been like a 10% chance of saving a bone, that would have been appropriate and people still would have gone. I think I still would have gone. But like the 50% is ridiculous and it just destroyed that nostalgia. And I know this is that's not the whole reason but the nostalgia of building your own gilded altar in your home and being able to use it and just like relaxing while you do prayer rather than just fucking stressing out the entire goddamn time i was I not like a, the nostalgia was... wasn't building your own altar because none of us were playing irons though right you were still just like running furiously to and from yanil bank <laughs> that's a good point i guess nostalgia as in like 2015 i i just remember watching like old iron man progress videos from from the like good old days and just the, getting a gilded altar was massive like let's go like i could finally train mm. prayer efficiently and now it's like who needs a gilded altar get rid of that garbage like nobody's using that maybe hardcore i guess sure if you're willing to pay and you're on a main i'm pretty sure you that's true main, main best XP per hour but for irons obviously you save half the time so yeah yeah it's a weird one because i think like there's like an essence to the wildy altar that is like in the right place in terms of appealing skilling in the worldy and like the fact that even if you go there and you just suicide power invent it's still really worth doing yeah it's like not so bad because it's like part of the worldy is that like i think if something is worth doing even if you die um then it's cool i think the problem with it is that it is so worth doing that the meta is to die <laughs> over and over and over again rather than risking like noted bones there um you you know what this is a weird idea. I just thought about it. What if you could, like, get a scroll somewhere in the wilderness? Maybe it just comes from using the Chaos Altar. You get a scroll that can give that power of the Chaos Altar to your own Gilded Altar. But in order to even get that scroll, it's untradeable. You need to participate in content in the wilderness to get it, and there's a rare chance of receiving it. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit weird, but just, like having a rare reward maybe from giving a bone all of a sudden you get the scroll and you're like fuck yeah i can get out of here like we're done mm. like i don't have to do this anymore like just go back to my chill poh i don't know again mm. i i'm max i don't really care that much anymore but back in the day i was like this is so busted this is absolutely out of control busted but that's what i would launch into the sun probably although i don't i'm not as passionate about it i would have said multiple years ago zaya runecrafting but now again i'm just like yeah whatever Runecrafting got oh, a nice, it's, nice it's fix. Chill, sexy vibes. It's cozy. It, it's fine now. I, again, I'm an Iron Man, uh, so I do apologize for. You my... never talk about it. 
by <laughs> Iron Man, by the way. No, but just uh, I don't know. For for years, like Zaya was meta. It was just like the fastest runecrafting XP for all Iron Men. And that just made me like sick to my stomach just realizing you like basically are forced to just AFK here, which is fine for a lot of players. I just wasn't particularly fond of that. Yeah, just my own takes. Yeah, I, I genuinely have no idea. Um, uh, Rag and Bone Man off the quest cake. Fine, <laughs> that'll be my answer. I'd, uh, yeah, meh. Like, only because the actual process of like getting the bones ready at the end of that is just really tedious. And I've done like three quest capes on old school and I'm over it. Like, but... yeah. What do you think? This is really random. What do you think about master achievement diaries? So we got elites already, but what about master? I'd love them. I'd love to. I, maybe this is like a spicy one. I would love to just see achievement diaries get a complete overhaul. That'd be kind of cool. From like having the rewards actually like balanced because there are some diaries that are just so insane yep and there are some diaries that are just like why would i even bother doing this where it's like oh look i can climb through this window in alcarid as opposed to like i get a mil gp an hour at barrows without using my brain and the bone crusher and stuff like that you know like and like the tasks themselves i think feel a bit weird like that it's an elite task to kill jad but like a hard task to kill zora yeah i don't know I think in general they could use like a bunch of like moving around and then masters would be cool I think like the weird thing now is that if we ever did do something like that I think A it would be controversial because nostalgic content but even like within old school but um also with like combat achievements I think it gets a bit weirder maybe to do like some of the more combat tasks in higher tiers perhaps not if it's just like one KC but yeah. I'd be a fan. I think achievement diaries are cool. They're like fun chase goals, right? Yeah. It's kind of like the the progression of like setting up your account, I guess. It's like you chase all the quests and you've got like a, you know, you've got like B gloves to like build your account out a little bit. Quest Kate builds it out a whole bunch. And then achievement diaries are kind of like the next tier alongside. Yeah. It and feels then, like. And then, then combat achievements yeah. are afterwards. What do you think about the rewards of combat achievements? Do you think it's appropriate that uh, it's kind of like a just a side thing to go past elites? I think elite up to elites, there are some pretty good perks. But beyond that, it's like, eh, maybe if you're just like wanting to hunt Inferno tasks, I guess. But there's nothing really um, crazy besides the aesthetic Slayer helmet. I don't, I don't mind that much, though. I think like that's also alongside like talking earlier about Endgame and being so much of like the lifeblood of an MMO, especially especially with Iron Man mode, um, that illustrates the concept of like MMOs are so much about the flex, bro. It's so much about like look how look how sick my account is, look at this thing, look at that thing. And like other MMOs, you know, it might be like a really rare mount or like a rare title. In old school, it's like it's a Zuck Helm, it's the it's the Osmonton's Fang kit. It's like an Inferno cape for a yep. lot of people still, right? Like I don't I don't mind that it's cosmetic because it's like you see somebody with one of those and you're like, yo, that guy like I games like and that's fine I don't think it has to be like a crazy I don't think it has to be crazy OP to be worth going for because I think like MMO players as well and old school players but even just like generally if it is like a status symbol or a flex and it's something for them to do and to chase and to just look cool they'll do it uh they'll they'll do it it doesn't need to be good right like yeah no that's a good point i think like i I think it's been said in other mmos as well i mean i think cosmetics are end game that's just all it really comes down to just pimping out your dude cosmetically (laughs) yeah so i don't i don't mind it i think it's kind of cool yeah that's why 
I'm like, it's the same way like the kit for the fang rate. Like I get why some people are like five hundred is too high, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, like, especially with how many inferno capes there are in the game now, um, and you know, maybe not everybody did their own cape, but uh, with the it's been a long time since. I guess with the Zuck Helm it's a bit different, but having like another item like that where it's just a really clear visual indicator of like this person is nuts at the game. And I think that's like that's cool to have as like a chase goal for end game players. And maybe it's aspirational for people that aren't there. And if it's like purely cosmetic, I think that's kind of it's not moving the needle too much, yep, right? There's yep. no like power gated behind you have to be bonkers at the game to be more powerful, right? And there already is a little bit of that in like old school anyway, right? Because like if you can afford like better gear, then content is easier for you. Mm -hmm. But um I think in terms of like stuff behind that kind of stuff, I think it should just be cosmetic and just be for the flicks and looking cool. I feel yeah. like I made the same point about eight times there. No, that no, that's a that's a good point. I mean the when I first read that blog post, I made a ramble of it like 10 minutes after the post was released. Yeah, so I you like, wanted it. I saw that and I was like, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I was like, 500. Did I, I literally had just made a ramble like a few days prior of Port Kazar doing the craziest like 130-minute raid, tick-eating 2,000 sweets or whatever the hell he did. Um, and I was like, 500. But obviously some changes were made and people will discover how to do it as, as we've already seen. I think uh, Lake, um, Noob Type, Adicon, uh, Mulgo Kirby. Like, uh, there's already been quite a few people that have already gotten the 500. So it, it definitely is something that people will get. And with guides that come out eventually and just seeing the meta, it'll be pretty much solved. It'll just take a little bit of like perfection in certain rooms. But people will get it. And like you said, there is no stat upgrade from the fang it's the same weapon just looks a little different so yeah i think that's the thing right though it's um it's like the headline is like 500 raid level whoa and it's like re really outside of like people just pushing for the sake of pushing there wasn't much reason to push beyond it's like true. as high as you were just like really comfortable going so there weren't many people like discovering like ways that you could make it like achievable Mm -hmm. And even like between that and now, I think 500 feels a lot less out of reach for people than it did when we first put the news post out. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong, yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's and the kind of thing to like see how it like moves over time, and as well, like you know, at some point, new gear will come into the game, and probably new gear will be better than gear that is currently in the game because yeah. that is the nature of like progression in MMO, right? Like power creep is within reason like part of what sort of just has to happen for stuff to feel worth doing like end game otherwise you just you know it's true bandos was bis for like a million years and people just get bored of wearing bandos all the time um so uh, you know over time it'll like get easier as well as gear gets better and as people get more comfortable with it so that's true okay uh here's a topic we were discussing this uh before the cast sick nerd asks thoughts on the geopolitical climate in the middle east and how that interconnects with us in the western world also favorite cereal <laughs> i'm not touching i'm not touching the first one on the save cast good all right favorite not, that I don't have, not that i don't have thoughts but uh not here I'm not really a cereal person. Would a granola bowl count? Like granola, yeah. Greek yogurt, like were some you, mixed berries, that kind of stuff. Were you at one point a cereal person? Because I was as a kid. That was like my favorite um, thing ever. 
I'm not yeah, anymore. Maybe maybe back then, like the uh, the Weetabix minis. I don't know if I think Weetabix are maybe just like a UK thing. Uh, I think I've heard of them. I don't know if I really eat them though. Uh, like Weetabix minis with like chocolate chips in. Like, wait, I'm just sending you a link right okay, now. Okay, yeah, so because um, maybe I'm confused. Let's see it. But these things absolutely slapped. They were unreal. Used to love them. Uh, yeah. Oh, mm, delicious. You know what was good? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, yeah, we did not have these. They're just so good. You, like, leave them... They're, like, really crispy if you don't, like, do anything with them. If you leave them in milk for a little bit, they get, like, a little bit, like, soggier, I guess. Um, Like, a good bit of chew with, like, a hint of... Cri like, I feel like... They look like budget cookie crisp. We have, like... Well, nah, 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 nah. Cookie, cookie crisp is... Totally different experience. The, okay. the mouthfeel is completely contrary. Compensator. Are these like uh, like crunchy, like really crunchy? Are they yeah, depending on how long you leave them in milk. Okay, like, but they're yeah. originally just like super crunchy. Absolutely. If you if you ever find yourself in the UK, if like we do a RuneFest or something, I will get you Weetabix Crispy Minis chocolate okay. chip. <laughs> Hell yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah, I was a definitely a big time cereal person. I was also a donut person for like a just my childhood, but my sweet tooth has gone down just as I've gotten older. I just I can't I even if I ate a bowl of cereal, I would just not even feel good. I'm like, ugh, I just ate a bunch of sugar and milk. I love donuts, but I feel like they're not as common like UK wise. I guess we have like jam donuts and stuff, but they're not like I feel like Americans are really big on like ring donuts and stuff, right? More yeah. than anything. Wait, have you ever had Krispy Kremes? Yeah, we have Krispy Kreme here. It's I, have the same recipe. I wish it wasn't as expensive as it is, but I I want to say probably yes, but then I don't know because we have the same like even like chocolate here is like really different to chocolate there. Yeah, and like chains like mcdonald's are just really different to Bro, mcdonald's like crisp, there, etc crispy like, creams are just unreal like that i will still eat they go crispy really hard in the uk i'm a huge fan oh yeah <laughs> so... i haven't been to the u.s since like 2003 so oh wow yeah i was like seven you know, did disney world florida we uh we stayed in the villa with a whole bunch of geckos it was <laughs> sick That's i cool. love love geckos <laughs> seven year old my, my parents were just losing their mind, and I was like, look, so many lizards. I was having the best time. It was better than Disney World, just all the geckos. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'd love to go back, but man, it's expensive. It's like 3K for a flight there. Is it and really? Back. Round trips are like, yeah, two to 3,000. <laughs> it's crazy. I want to go to the the UK. Like, I, I, I want to get out of the country. Like, I've been to Mexico, and I've, like, driven through Canada, like, briefly, but I want to go across the Atlantic. And whenever there's a new... Do you think RuneFest is going to be next year? Or do you think they're going to... I don't know what the plan is with that. Um, the CEO seemed to think that he wanted to do another one. He said as much on Twitter. I'd like that to be. Yeah, me too. I want to meet up at RuneFest. That'd be so fun. It would be insane. Especially, I don't know, there are so many people who like have kind of like risen to like prominence, etc. And like the sheer number of like new friends and new bonds that people have likely formed since oh, the last yeah. time there was an in-person RuneFest. It would just be, it would be like the first ever RuneFest all over again, I think, for so many people. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm pumped. All right. Champions Cape asks, if you could add a pet to a piece of content in-game that currently doesn't offer a pet, where would you add it and what would it look like? Um... Mm. Do you mind if I share mine? 
Yeah, go for yours. Maybe it'll inspire me. So this is this would be crazy. First of all, it relates to superior monsters. So okay. First of all, I think what would be fantastic is a Jurassic Wyvern, which is the superior version of a skeletal wyvern. For some reason, we don't have a superior version of those. Imagine like this rotting flesh, like Jurassic Wyvern that spawns when you're killing skeletal wyverns on task, and that's a superior. But the main reason I bring it up is because what if we could get a pet of all superiors as a miniature form, but the only way to get it is to like i don't know maybe like a one in 20 shot of every superior and you would just unlock the transmogs as you go so it would encourage you to like do the random crappy slayer tasks and try to like get the superior so you could get the little uh transmogify for it i don't know something like that maybe one in 20 is like a little aggressive to get like t- eh, maybe 20 is fine but like just being able to unlock superior slayer creatures as a pet it would just count as one pet for pet hunters, but you could have like all the transmogs of it if you got them. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. It's like a, it's just um, I feel like maybe I've just been conditioned to think it, but I think in a lot of cases it feels like everything that I feel like should have a pet just does. Um, I wouldn't have minded like back in like bounty hunter days, and maybe this is controversial for pet uh, for like pet hunters, etc. But I also feel like it's a little bit of like what you sign up for if you decide to hunt for every pet. That like sometimes you'll do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have minded like a pet from BH uh, if it would in such a way that it wasn't like abusable. I think that'd be kind of cool. Even just like a little like rolling skull along the floor or something would have been kind of goofy. I also wouldn't mind an impling pet, but Hunter already has two. So I'm like, nah, but I think like one of those little guys just following you around would be kind of funny. Oh, Impling uh, Pet would be hella cool. That's a really good idea. Can you idea. imagine being able to transmog it to like an eclectic and you just have Iron Man just like left clicking you like constantly? <laughs> I think the best way would be to um, get the transmog or get the pet from Lucky Imps. So they're untradeable uh, and. Or, or wait, I don't know. What what was your idea of like getting the pet, like obtaining an impling pet? Would it just be actually catching them, or would it be like opening them and getting like a little rare thing? I think maybe even just like opening opening one from a from a jar, or just like you know, it's like oh, it seems like this particular impling has taken a liking to you, or something like that. I just get worried mm-hmm. if it's like viable and you just spam a bunch of implings, but I mean that would definitely yeah. increase the. Maybe price it would have them. to come from like catching it right, and it like yeah. refuses. I was just to thinking like maybe lucky implings, like just have a I don't know like a one in fifty chance or a one in a hundred chance of a lucky impling getting the pet, and then that can transmog to like all of them or something. I don't know. Yeah, but that's a, I will that's say a cool I love idea. the uh, I love the thing mod Rai drew up a while ago. I think I think it was Rai of um. Like the little crab with a pot on his head for cooking. And it's like difficult with viable skills, but I feel like maybe if if viable skills have some kind of like method of training, like similar to like Winter Told, etc., then there are kind of cool ways to introduce thematic pets like that without worrying about people just like buying the pet, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, we'll do cooking Todd one day and uh we give people a little little hermit crab with a big cooking pot on his head. We gotta have Herblore Todd and just have like a little Walter White walking behind you or something like that. Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Sani asks, how did you become one of the voices of PvP content on the Jagex team? And I'm gonna also ask this one by Mac Drainer. 
He's asking, is making Bounty Hunter 3 on the radar for you guys? Um, Please say yes. In terms of becoming one of the voices, like, I don't really know. Like, I don't do a whole lot of PvP. I PK from time to time, and I have, like, a, a soft spot for it. I'm like, um, you know, way back in the day, kind of, like, endgame was, you'd either do, like, Barrows, DKs, KQ, KBD... Or you would get your rune set and you would just full send it at Edgeville. You'd die and you'd go and grab another one. And like that was for like a lot of people, I think, just like what endgame looks like when you'd made it. Like you yep. just like it would be so crazy active there. And like then I think back to the petition that was kind of responsible for I think 2007 Scape. Um kind of starting in the first place and how for a lot of people it felt like it was driven by like the PvP community. I think, I was it Return of Wilderness? No, no it wasn't. Uh, I can't remember I can't remember the guy who like started it all and I really should because it's a little bit disrespectful that I don't know that. Uh, but uh, it felt like, I don't know, to me there's like a, there's a big part of me that feels like old school likely would not exist with the level of support that it has now because of the tiered nature of the petition that ran. If it had not been for the PvP community, um, and sometimes I think it's a little bit disheartening. Um, and I'll say to let back that up as well. Like if you played in like 2013 and like 2014, uh, Wildy was still like crazy active with just because like we didn't have a whole lot of endgame stuff. Like we had God Wars and stuff, but um, even even like looking at the One Man Army series from Bowie that started Iron Man, it was a PvP series. Yep. Um, and I think sometimes I feel a little disheartened that a community that in my mind, and I'm happy for people to point out like that there's like flaws in the way that I've like built up this opinion. Um did like a lot to give us the old school that we have now to have ultimately wound up with a player base that it feels like would not care if PvP were just removed from the game. Yeah. In like in terms of like the vocal player base. So I think like for me it's a case of I have a soft spot for PvP. I enjoy PvP in old school. I think like the skill ceiling is crazy high. Um, I got into it via like Bounty Hunter on like a Baby Pure and I started doing like a little bit of deep stuff on like a med level um, I have a soft spot for it and I just think it's scary for a lot of people um, and I was just sort of happy-ish to hopefully be involved and to just at least listen and try to engage um, and there are definitely other people I don't think there are like people like on the Jagex team, for example, who like massively dislike PvP, quote unquote. But I think it's just like when you've got so much other stuff to be doing, having to like juggle or like really try and like drill down into the issues with like PvP content in all school is just hard to do. It's like scary, especially yeah. with like the nature of being publicly seen to be doing so much in PvP. Like the PvP community can be scary sometimes for people to engage with. Um I so, I yeah, agree. Like that kind of place. That's actually kind of a good point. Like obviously, this game was sort of founded on like a like PVPers that like enjoyed or wanted old school simply for the classic PVP. Um, the thing that like bothers me is like okay, one I would love, and I'm not even gonna participate in, it, but I would love Bounty Hunter to come back because Bounty Hunter was like cons uh, consensual. 
fighting you know you're fighting one-on-one and you would just like be like okay i'm geared to like fight Uh, in my head and this again it's coming from an iron man by the way um Mm. i feel like in my mind pvp has just turned into like this go out in the wilderness and get ragged or like just fucking get attacked for no reason and you're not you're not even wanting to but there's so much incentive to go out there to just get your rewards or get whatever you're going for dragon pick it's not like the dragon the dragon pick is always like the main thing that's always brought up but just being out in the wilderness for certain skilling activities black chins uh chaos altar things like that and you're just getting attacked over and over and it just causes and again one of the big problems that i've noticed is it's just the fact that iron man exists now if iron man mode or no modes ever existed everyone is a main it would probably be fine. I mean, PvP would probably be in a decent place because everyone can get an incentive to, like, fight somebody and get their shit. But, I mean, I know there's loot keys now, which if you're an Iron Man, you can loot it on your main or whatnot. But it's just... For a large yeah. portion of the community, it's it doesn't even feel like it's classic PvP anymore. So, like, Bounty Hunter would kind of bring that back and just people wanting to engage in it. But... In my head, I'm just like, oh, there's so much just people that don't even want to do PvP, but they find themselves in the crossfires, and it's just like, damn. Yeah, I think in the case of the D-Pick, especially, like, where it's considered... Whether or not I feel as though, like, forced is the right word to use there, because I'm like... Yeah, it's, wanna... it's not forced, it's just... You can, yeah. you know, if you go, like, on rate at Callisto, you're on a main using a DPS ult, to get like a D pick and then use it from 61 to 99 mining. I'm pretty sure the time save is not that significant. Obviously it's complicated a bit by chambers and by CMs mm. and by TOA now. But like regardless, like I get that it's like felt to be probably the most significant upgrade that is just like in the wilderness. And I don't think it makes sense that it is like that, which is why, you know, with the Wildy Boss rework especially, we spoke about giving alternatives. Um Again, you could probably argue that like you can death piles your like full setup at KBD with zero risk as well, and uh, just do it like you know you can die a bunch of times with four items and then just camp out at KBD forever. But um, no, I mean kind of, it's this weird like interconnected web. I think. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean I've I've spent a ton of time in the wilderness, not recently, but just when revs first came out. I mean I was camping all wildy bosses. I completed like every pet and every item and stuff out there and i i honestly did have a lot of fun but it was just the lack of incentive for me to ever fight back which just made it like depressing for me it was like i don't know it's just that and obviously there's so many factors and i'm not saying the wilderness like ever needs to go i just feel like we need to bring it back to the roots of like bounty hunter and people like fighting each other because they want to fight i love that i love the idea of pvp i love lms people are going in there because they actually want to fight and like get rewarded for it and just have fun but it's just that's what you mean by roots though right because like the roots were green dragons and rune rocks were like resources i mean i know that was always out there but i i I kind of disagree with that i feel like that's a common thing that's brought up as like green dragons i feel like that's kind of this Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't really done much research on the old days of stuff. By the way, we were like eight years old at that time. But um, hmm. Green Dragons, I feel like I feel like that's just like the narrative of like, just like we have to go back to like 
green dragons were always it people like this is how it's always been i don't know that i don't think that was ever the glory days of pvp i think the glory days of pvp were people fighting in edgeville maybe that was yeah, that sure. was the roots i guess like of you know there was always a higher uh or whatever like the food pyramid or <laughs> not food pyramid jesus the uh hmm. food cycle or food chain. what am i thinking food chain thank you i'm losing you my could. mind here um yeah i the glory days thing is like i think this is like what i mean it's kind of like a it's a really complicated web when it comes to pvp and the worldy and iron man and like changes to the way death works because obviously back in the day uh you wouldn't even risk abyss at like bosses because if you died you might not be able to get back in time um mm -hmm. i remember literally looting like full darox and the fury at cyclops in the warriors <laughs> guild and i was about That's 12 so and made my year right it was mad and obviously yeah. death doesn't work like that anymore yeah. So like Wildy is also like one of the kind of only places in the game where there's like heavy risk anymore. There's like a whole bunch of factors that kind of like um, lean into like what complicates it a little bit. Like Iron Man's another one. Um, well, but I I don't think a return to like those glory days and just like you know back to basics etc. Mm -hmm. works necessarily because like old the player bases move so far past that and the Wildy needs to evolve as well. I don't think the way that the worldy evolves necessarily needs to be in a way which is like detrimental to PvP or like removes it entirely. Yeah. In the way that like, some people would like maybe like to see. I think just like better balance, right? Like, um, yeah. For, for me, and like what I personally feel as though is that there is like nothing in the worldy really at the moment outside of like maybe revs, considering how like low effort they are, where like the reward feels worth the risk that you take even if you're not planning to fight back, which is part of what I was saying earlier with, like, um, Chaos Altar, is that, like, it is worth doing even if you die. The problem with Chaos Altar for me is that the you just die over and over anyway, right? Yeah. But stuff where you still feel like it was worth your time taking the risk, even if you die from time to time, and you're, like, just choosing to make your money that way, if it's, like, maybe lower requirements or, like, a bit lower effort, but the easier fights and such are made up for by the risk that you take i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um yeah i i agree i mean i think we're kind of on the same page i just see it as yeah i i want people to participate in pvp because they want to and just like fighting i, I want to actually ask you about the wilderness boss rework i read the blog it looks hella exciting i mean i'm really excited for what you guys are planning on doing so for those that aren't really in the loop if you want to share kind of a little bit more on the wilderness boss rework and when is it coming out sure and uh, just to go back to the other question quickly first uh would love to do bounty hunter um for so many obvious reasons i think like if you ever want to do stuff with a worldy and to like bring new people into pvp then bounty hunter for so many people is like the first way to do it so yeah, yeah for sure um <clears throat> will the boss rework uh so but then artists Callisto and Vetion were released in, I want to say, March 2014. Um, alongside a whole bunch of other worldy stuff, like the resource area, you know, like Dark Crabs. Um, and then singles bosses, like the Deranged Archaeologist, the Crazy Archaeologist. And um, I think Scorpia was pitched as like a kind of like solo effort, which is weird because it's in like 55 and multi, but beside the point. Um, and then Callisto, Venonatus, and Vetion were pitched as uh, like this kind of like group bossing experiences that you would need to bring a friend to take down. Um, the problem with them is that they hit like 60s and 70s. They don't give a shit if you're praying. Um, they don't really drop enough supplies for you to 
kind of like stay topped up between kills. So even like killing them with friends and stuff, it just doesn't really feel worth doing. They hit so hard. And um, it doesn't even matter what tank gear you're wearing, you're going to get fucked. Yeah, I think like <laughs> they just they they don't work that well as like multi bosses because of like the way that they are. So then by extension, players come up with creative ways to kill them, which I think are really cool. Like the way that people come up with these like mad safe spots is insane. Um, but I think it's also like pretty clear that like if we released a piece of content now where you could just um you know wait a tick for it to look at you then click on it with a three tick weapon and it would just stare at you while you beat it to death um without ever doing anything and also without even being in multi which is like where the bosses are meant to be right because they have like they take less damage in singles yeah but you can kill them from a safe spot in singles um if i feel like if we released content now in like 2022 that were being interacted with in that way, it would be like, yeah, this needs changing. It's maybe a little bit like harder to swallow that pill with like the Woody Boss rework because it's so it's old content. But um essentially we're looking to move all three of them into like proper multi layers. Um in like a kind of there'd be like an entrance on the overground, you would pay like a fee uh, to go in, and then you would be in like Venonatus's lair, and it'd be like a huge multi fight with like actually interesting mechanics, but designed in such a way that most of the damage is like avoidable. You're not just getting slapped perma 70s through prayer, and um, you know, the drop tail would probably be balanced in such a way that you can stay topped up so that you're not um, really just like you know, you're not going to be screwed immediately if uh, like a, a small team like run in, like you could still feasibly tank. And also designed in such a way that you're kind of equipped to potentially deal with um, fighting back enough to buy yourself time to escape. So, um, you know, like maybe having to bring freezes or having to bring like a gear switch or something. And those are like the only things that you need, quote unquote, to kill the boss. Um, the premise would be that once you enter the lair, you kind of have to kill the boss or evade the boss and leave into this web of what are called like escape caves that are filled with kind of like mid-level monsters that will annoy people so that they can't just like hop and just like hold the caves down uh exactly and then you have to escape uh via some ropes dotted around and then you'd you'd head out you'd run south you get your teleport off or you'd run to an obelisk etc and uh you'd get what you want That's um cool. yeah I, before talking rewards i think one of the other things to mention is that when we were talking about this, obviously it was pretty clear that for people who, even though we're moving the D-Pick, for people that just want pets or that want the Wilderness Rings, which aren't crazy consequential, but like for collection log slots and like the Ring of the Gods still has uses, the Tyrannical Ring still has uses for like Corp and stuff. Tyrannical's the crush one, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, that we didn't want to just like take that away from players necessarily. So we wanted to provide some versions in single-way combat that are probably like around or below like the 30 line so you can reliably teleport away that won't be like as good in terms of like GP per hour and monetary incentive um, but will still be like a way for you to engage with some riskier content and hopefully to have a roughly the same time to complete as the current iterations do. So maybe it's like, I don't know, like Callisto's cousin or like Vetion's Thrall or something like that, or just like singles versions. Um, I think one of the other things that that achieves, 
So I've been going for so long. If you if you want to pipe up, just interrupt. No, me. I'm uh, I'm enjoying this. I want to hear it. I think other people do I, too. I think one of the other things that it like achieves is um, part of the stuff with like multi revs and protection, especially was that I think protection. And I could be wrong on this, but the impression that I got when I was playing at the time was that protection was driven a lot by like irons chasing rev weapons, especially uh, paying from mains, etc. It, I mean, that's not like entirely the case, but I think like a lot of it stemmed from there. Yeah, having the like singles variants where people can still get the uniques offered, and potentially even like the new uniques offered, which I can talk about, um, at like lower rates, similar to maybe like regular gauntlet and corrupted gauntlet, um, would mean that irons, especially who just really don't want to engage with like multi bosses, etc., um, would just have an alternative, which is in singles. And it's like a little bit safer and it's not like completely risk-free but like compared to like you know like a, a multi-layer above 30 world it's pretty risk-free um would probably not warrant the same kind of degree of like protection racket as we saw from like multi-revs i have i have a bunch of thoughts on like multi-revs but yeah and like in general but we made like a, i think we've made like a fair few concessions to try and deliver something that works for everybody right like we don't want to shaft like irons we don't want people to feel like they have to go into multi so like combat achievement, like kill counts or like diary kill counts would work on the singles bosses as well. And these multi versions are literally, if you want like decent odds at like new uniques, you want to make some more GP per hour and like risk it with your friends or like pull up in a small team, um, and just like have some fun fighting over like turf, then you can. And sure, some big clans will probably hold a couple of the worlds. Um, I'm not sure that that's inherently a bad thing in an MMO. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Stuff either particularly. Is- yeah, the real world trade stuff is like a bit different, and we've gotten a lot better at addressing real world trade. I think uh, is my understanding from like anti cheat and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't know. I th- I think it's a step in the right direction for wilderness content. I I think it's like better than what currently exists for all parties. Yeah, it sounds fun. Honestly, like it actually, I'm actually excited for it, and I was. Before I had read the blog, I was like, I do not want these to be updated because I already completed them. But I'm kind of excited to just be able to go out there as an Iron Man and just kill the boss with other people. It sounds... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what, we're recording this on Tuesday the 13th of September. Yep. Tomorrow on Wednesday the 14th for two weeks. Um, the rewards that we spoke about will be in Beta Worlds alongside Poison Dynamite. And there's also going to be a beta running for quest speed running as well. But um, yeah, the rewards, the bosses themselves, um, thematically drop like little attachments to the rev weapons that give them special attacks, yeah. which are generally more focused on the like, anti PKing, um, so that you don't necessarily have to like bring a switch, etc. I think the um, the changes and the changes to Thamaron Scepter kind of functioning like a polypore back in the day, or like a scuffed trident, I guess, in these days. Mm-hmm. Um, with the special attack that reduces mage level is like genuinely pretty nuts yeah uh, and you know initially it wasn't going to uh, uh, but people asked and I was keen for it to also cast ancients for wildy slayer which I think is also like a pretty big buff for wildy slayer yep uh, which could probably use some love because I think it's actually quite cool I don't know I'd, I'd like me personally I think it's better than what currently exists for a whole bunch of parties um Maybe some people disagree, and I'm happy to be disagreed with. And obviously, all of that gets like taken into account when we make changes. But 
Yeah, I, I think mean, it was better received than I could possibly have imagined. The main negativity was concerns around like racketeering and real world trade and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't. I'm pretty. I think we've made like a bunch of steps to make sure that's not the case, and we can take more. In any case, um, but yeah, sorry, I went on for so long about that. I, no, I, I like, love it. It's, like, it's my first project as a CM as well, so maybe um, a little bit of like pet project syndrome, but. <laughs> I'm really excited for it, and I know like a lot of the the PvP streamers are super excited just for any content. They just love it when something new comes out because just something fresh they can stream, and I I do appreciate that. Like, cause I don't know, I I don't know. I'm I'm excited though, and I think it's gonna be just fun for everybody. And uh, yeah. I think it's just gonna be like I don't know. There's just something fun about being in multi where it doesn't feel like. I don't really know how to describe this, but I did a lot of multi revs. Same. Uh, it was just me and like a couple of friends. We'd like run through. We'd kill a few people. We'd try and get out. Maybe sometimes we got hit by a clown and yeah. we died. But it was fun. It didn't. It, it was. There's fun, not a lot so. of stuff you can casually like dip in and out of like that with like friends. Yeah. And like I've I've never really been into like multi PV. I've never been in like a clan, even like a PVM clan. Never done any of that. But um. If if you are into like multi PvP currently, there is nothing for you to. I do. know. <laughs> like there is, there is nothing, and I think there are so many players who would come like flocking back to the game if there were just like some stuff to do with multi PvP. And I know like the kind of out of game culture um, could probably use some like toning down for like a lot of people. But I don't want like a few like loud Twitter accounts and like clan propaganda and stuff to like put people off of what I think is like hopefully good content and fun content for a whole bunch more people than it might initially seem okay mod nox asks oh my man how have you found settling in at jaggy and what surprised you the most about working here love you king hopefully see you soon um i think i've been settling okay um Made a whole bunch of friends. Everyone's been super welcoming. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm doing okay. I think imposter syndrome is still like a big thing, uh, and I don't think I've met anyone that works at Jagex that doesn't suffer from imposter syndrome to like some degree. Uh, it's definitely it's really stressful, and like I think by and large it's like a good stress because I like really care about the game. Sometimes it's a bad stress because I'm like. I don't know, there's like a fire to put out or it's just like a day of reading like a whole bunch of negativity. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's the happiest I've been in a job and like especially the people that directly around me, the rest of CM, um, they're just like the best, honestly. Like, I have the best time. That's cool. I, I enjoy actually like coming into like meetings and stand-ups in the morning and I didn't really get that in uh, the job that I had before at like a marketing agency, for example. That's fucking awesome. What, is, what has surprised you the most? Was there anything that like any thing that you anticipated that didn't really I don't know something that didn't you didn't expect I guess um I don't really I don't really know I th I feel like the stuff that I probably found like the most surprising is also stuff that was surprising um in the same ways that are also the reasons I can't talk about it okay <laughs> Uh, if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, that's it's fair. a difficult one. I can't really. I struggle to think of like what surprised me. There's a whole bunch. Like it's, it was 
surreal at first and it still is like really odd to be like behind the curtain like going yeah. from being like a player like having x y or z frustration with the game to like starting to work here and be like oh i understand now but then also being in a position of um i the... don't know like juggling the like understanding why like x y and z might take like longer than it should but also wanting it to happen quicker essentially yeah D does playing runescape now feel different that you kind of are like a part of the game like do, do you still have like the same charm with it or does it feel almost i don't know sort of robotic I'm... now just kind of like oh this is the game i work on do you get the no, same enjoyment I... yeah no i love the game so much like i think now is like probably some of the most i've enjoyed playing old school um oh, damn I th there are some bits that are a bit weird, like having like playtested Beneath Curse Sounds like twice, and then having to do it on like three accounts after I'd already <laughs> done it twice in playtest. I'm just like I can't be bothered. Yeah. Unironically, un I'll just I'll wait for the quest to help, but like, I can't be asked to do it again. <laughs> like, um. No, I love the game still. I think like the the thing that's harder, and maybe this like goes back to the stuff like right at the start about like why not mod mildly, etc. Is Having been like a part of my life for like 18 or like 17, 18 years, and on, off and on in some cases, but like old school has been like a pretty consistent escape. Like even just like browsing like the subreddit in bed and just like looking at like stupid memes. Mm -hmm. But like before I started, when it came to like, you know, negativity or like feedback on the game, etc., I was kind of in a position where I could be like, I'm not so fussed about that. Like, I'll just like scroll past it. Uh, it didn't really like phase me that much. And like what happens now is that even if I'm chilling in a twitch chat or just like scrolling through reddit is just like well let's see what people are talking about i can't switch it off like um it's difficult to like still be a part of the community with like this kind of professional yeah setting i guess like it's harder to just exist in a twitch chat without somebody whispering me being like can you please unban my account etc oh, god yeah. i can't just like i can't just scroll through like a thread and be like eh, it doesn't concern me and like maybe i could say you know that's tomorrow's problem but it still like gets to me you know yeah that's fair. so it's like i i lose a little bit of like the escape or like the solace that i took in the game but um i still love the game it's just that side of things is like difficult like it's weird to like lose a little bit of like that side of things yeah I have to like watch my mouth on like Twitch and stuff. You yeah, <laughs> you can't just speak your mind exactly. Even if it's on your like mildly entertaining account, like you, because people still yeah. know your mod goblin, so it's like. Uh. <laughs> Grax asks, "What's your favorite piece of content in OSRS?" Um, we've kind of already covered the second one, but he asks, "Was it a hard decision to bend your long education to work in the gaming industry, and is the beanie too small or is the head too big?" Hmm. Uh, favorite piece of content. I feel it changes, right? Like, I, um, I don't know, I jump around so much. Like, it's not like an, it's not like an individual piece of content, but I'm obsessed with, obsessed, obsessed with early game and just like rooting, um, around like those like starter areas in general but it's not like a piece of content specifically but I just love like blasting an account like really quick off the bat um currently um currently volcanic mine I can't lie I'm a bit of an addict um, at least I've been wanting to be I'm um just running it with a couple of friends every now and then and I'm absolutely obsessed with VM that's cool um outside of outside of that 
I'd have to say, even though it's like grossly inefficient, like I love like duo and just trio chambers and just how like brain off it is and how cozy. Um, kind of get around that. I'm trying to wait. Let me look at. Let me bring out like boss cases, especially. I don't know what kind of skilling methods I'm like a. There's anything that like really springs to mind is something I love. Um, developed a bit of a fondness for one tick chins. Uh, Sepulcher, though I've not done much on my iron. Uh, big fan of. Love Sepulcher. Uh, oh, may maybe spicy. Um, essentially, any any God Wars boss that G Challenge M has touched, I'm a huge fan of. I. I love like all of the goofy like seven zero nine zero like five o krill, um, like uh, like red xy, I don't know, just kind of like turn brain off, flow state, just hang out, yeah, um, just a whole bunch of like invent like supply juggling and just like going for really long trips, or like the um, the kind of like clicks that like uh, Zilliana without using any energy restoring stuff. Yes, I love that kind of like stuff that still it still feels good i guess but it's not like difficult and it's really easy to just like, switch your brain off and just flow out see i've been waiting for g challenge to make an armadill sort of pathing where somehow you can manipulate arma i just don't know if it's possible because mm. kree can do like the little pushback and stuff but yeah. i've just been holding on to hope that ge challenge will come out with some just broken meta for kree that's just brain dead but yeah. I mean, the broken meta is acquire a uh, acquire team a can shadow and max mage and just blast it into the next dimension before it does anything. But how much? Um, I, well, I know it's like super powerful, but how much damage do you take, or do you just kill it so quickly that like you being in mage gear just doesn't really matter? I'm pretty sure the figure I'd seen tossed around from like initial count says it's 29 percent better than black chins. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I think crazy. I could be way off. Um, no, nah, you're probably wrong. Right. Like somebody in the comments or Twitch chat or whatever, please just say. But like, yeah, that's yeah, disgusting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It just kind of falls over too quickly for you to need to do anything. That's true. Um. Okay. So we already kind of covered the uh second one but is the beanie too small or is the head too big um mix of both i have a, a big dome um at least reduced by you know it being hairless but um i'm a big fan i don't know why i um it was somebody that i was like dating ages ago just like randomly bought me um like a they're called like a mini fisherman i think is the technical term for like the beanie and it just kind of i don't know i i liked the way that i looked with it uh kind of fit my like between that and the glasses i feel like you know i look a little bit like every other kind of <laughs> pop punk isn't dead uh mid 20 year old <laughs> like but i don't know it's kind of just become like a little bit of my aesthetic i suppose and between that and like being bald with a beard I feel like conceivably I could look more or less the exact same for like the next decade, if not more. <laughs> like I, there has been like no discernible change in my appearance. I think since like twenty two, uh, for like the last <laughs> four years or so. So hopefully that continues. That's funny. Okay, here's the. I you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong on this. Frosty Surge is asking. Give us a hint about how to get the mask of rebirth. Is that the like the Pharaoh mask from TOA? It's, yeah, the pharaoh mask with, like, cat ears, right? 
Yeah, something like that. Do we need to do something outside the raid or inside of it? Please and thank you, you a cool dude. I could. But I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but it is but it is obtainable. Is that is that fair? I genuinely don't know at this stage. I can't lie to you. <laughs> I have no idea. A lot of the kind of a lot of the kind of cooler um like out there stuff. I don't know. So, you know. I knew I knew how people would like get their kits and the pet uh, mugs and stuff like that, but I don't know about the mask of rebirth. Okay. It doesn't have stats though, right? It's just cosmetic, I believe. I think it's just a goofy cosmetic. Okay. It looks cool though. Um Jupiter asks, what is your favorite location in game? It can be design or lore wise. I already know where mm. this is. Dorgish Khan, isn't it? <laughs> I will say, even though I don't think that is like my answer, that Dorgish Khan, I think like aesthetically and design wise, was kind of ahead of its time. Oh yeah. Um I think it looks really cool down. I wish there were more stuff there, 2D, Same. but like, I think visually it's really kind of sick. Um, this might come a little bit out of left field. It's this weird, it's like a little farmstead, I think, like northwest of Prif. I think it's called Gwyneth. Um, there are some like cool looking maple trees there. I th it is just like the most. There is no reason to go there. Like, I'm pretty sure, really. But it's just like one of the most serene, and I think yeah, like yeah. just one of the most gorgeous parts of the game. Um honorable mention to the uh the Enchanted Valley from like the Fairy Ring Code, which yeah, I think yeah. is also like it's just like a random thing, right? Like I know you can go there for like a rune axe, right? And I'm pretty sure you can get a rune pick there as well, like everyone was doing in leagues. But mm -hmm. um It's just really pretty there, which is weird because it's like just an old piece of content, but yeah. Uh, Gwyneth, northwest of Prif, feeling the good vibes. Check it out. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It really is nice. That's kind of near the um, stash unit where you have to do the master bryophyte to step. Is that what I'm thinking of? I think like, yeah, near the like big um, black dragon on the yeah 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 as well yeah yeah that's a cool place. I think well, I love Dorgish Khan first of all. I also love this. Sounds really weird, but I really love. Um, well, Nate is Knots also cool. I like that place. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, what's the place called? Tarn's Lair. Because it's, okay. just, it's just so I... different than any other place in the game. It's just like really so medieval and weird and janky and it's cool. Yeah, and it's also the kind of thing that like I think most players these days will never actually like navigate through. Because uh, obviously you can just let Slayer ring to the end. Yeah. But yeah, even just the stuff like how wild the drop tables are, like um, during leagues, uh, like telling friends that like, oh, you can get like, uh, if you need agility potions for, what was it, Tybo one I trio, you can get them from like the skeletons just outside Tarn's lair and stuff, like a specific level. And just like the drop tables there are so bizarre, there's so much yeah. like weird stuff on there. Maybe there's stuff on there that hasn't even been like <laughs> crowdsourced yet, I don't even know. And it was also like one of the weirdest. I I don't think anybody else really like clocked it or cared, but I think it was my news post at the time, and there was like a trivial change, and it was um, the, there's like a bank in Tarn's Lair that you have to pay to use. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And there was a trivial change 
where we we had added the functionality that you could purchase bank space from this bank. And I'm like, if we if we had not added to that, I don't think anybody would ever have called it out for like years. But it was just such a random thing to see for me to like have to like put into a news post being yeah. like this random bank you never even knew existed, you can now use to buy bank space at. Yeah, I think Tesla's cool. I think it's uh it's just it's, it's yeah. weird in like a cool way though. Yeah, it's not like it's ancient. It's mm. yeah. Okay. Um if you could add yourself into the game, where would you put yourself and what would your NPC say or do? I'd wanna be uh I don't know where. Uh maybe Dorgish Cut I need something to do. Why not put me in there? Um make me a farmable NPC. And then if ever if ever anyone's like mad at something that I've said, they can just farm me in game. <laughs> I just want to I want to be fodder, you know. I want to be a training method. <laughs> like, you want to be a a movement. You want to be Wook's walk, the goblin walk. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I don't know. I I would. I would like to think that maybe one day I will have been here long enough or had a tenure impressive enough to, to ever consider some kind of homage, but um, I have I, no idea. I you, would love you, for players to just beat the shit out of me repeatedly to take out frustration. <laughs> like, were you were you already a J-Mod when Land of the Goblins came out? Or whatever um, that quest is? I want to say the that perfect was time. Wasn't that February? I can't even remember. Uh, Land of the Goblins was February 9th, so yeah, no. Rip. That could have been you, man. You could have been there. Could, oh, it could have been me. <laughs> um, let's see. James asks, how do you feel uh, how do you feel content creation and streaming has changed over the past few years? Do you prefer prefer more modern YouTube series as opposed to those from 2013 to 2016, 2017 to 2020, etc. So, you can take that as you will. Any uh, thoughts? It's kind of an interesting one, I guess, in terms of, like, the way that trends move. Um, like, weirdly, I don't know, like, when we talk about, like, over, over the past few years, I guess, not harkening back to, like, you know, the old, like, PK vids from, like, way back in the day with the definitely legally obtained Sony Vegas over-edits with, like, <laughs> mid-2000s alt-rock. Um, but, like, I I can't really think back to much, like, a before, like, one-man army in terms of old-school videos that weren't, like, guide content, etc. And I think guide content is still kind of consistent-ish, but has been like a little bit displaced by the quality of the wiki and various Discord servers and stuff like the Gear Discord, the Skilling Methods Discord, Iron Men Discord, so those respectively, like We Do Raid, TOA Discord, etc. Like it feels like harder to make guides that really like pog off when there are so many just insane resources. Because I think those used to like really go nuts. And then obviously you had like One Man Army and um, some like unofficial Iron Man series and like unofficial Iron Man. I think like Foe was also like an unofficial one, right? Back in the day. Uh, yeah, I think. Didn't he, wasn't he, like, the UI, or what was his? Fultimate? Fultimate, or whatever? Because he played on, like, UIM, right? Wasn't he, like, wasn't that his dedicated account? Or was it just a normal uh, Iron Man? I don't know, this was I can't even remember. almost a decade ago. Yeah. I barely remember what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> but, like, I feel like that, and then, like, Iron Man obviously changed 
the landscape a little bit or like a lot and then it was just progress series on progress series on progress series yep and then like as you'd expect i guess you kind of hit this point where i've seen all the progress like that i have seen so many people make all the progress and they have like a max die on or they've done all the stuff and then i guess like set settled really kind of in, in like a big way at least because I mean there were people doing like wild concepts like way before Settled right you had like Verp with Karamdra only there were like Desert only UIM mm-hmm. and like Wildenator and stuff like that but like I feel like the approach taken to the approach taken and the care given to like crafting narratives and trying to make the content accessible in a lot of ways to people that don't play old school and Swamplex I guess kind of like recontextualized the what of lot a lot of what old school content creation looked like and suddenly it wasn't just uh, a progression series to be background noise for a lot of people. It was, you you not only need to like execute well and be like interesting or entertaining, but like you need an interesting concept, right? If you're going to like make it on YouTube, at least, is and what it feels like a lot almost. of the time. Yeah, right. Like you need to, you need to be a storyteller. Yep. Um, and obviously a whole bunch of snowflakes spawned out of that. And loads of them are really entertaining. Um, and loads of them still are like really entertaining. And then... I feel like recently the kind of era of increasing adoption of like 3D has been really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, watching like the kind of like tooling that people are putting together to be able to make that happen and then watching people get better and better with 3D. Um, and like that kind of style of people like Hexo, Hootie, Nilky, Guns Chili, um, Ingus. There are the Scold. Like there are so many people who are just like getting kind of nuts with that stuff. Obviously, Lil Smokey. Um, maybe like one of the kind of progenitors of that side of things dude and now i guess good to this day i think hootie too just because you mentioned hootie tootie his speedrun cup trailer gives me the chills like it i i, I watched it's it like insane, a, a week it? ago again it was just recommended in my like homepage, and i watched it again i'm like it's fucking nuts like this he did it himself like that was it it wasn't even like a huge team it was like just a solo project it's just unreal the talent that's in the community mad isn't it all of the work that went to speedrun cup was just insane oh, yeah. even from like i don't know his devotion to like making that happen was insane yeah that was really fun to watch too but um i don't know it's kind of i think we're in a cool spot with old school like because there's so much stuff that still works like there are some people who still on like youtube especially just do progression series that do well like mudkip devious um mm-hmm. mammal you still have like cool snowflakes popping up all over the place. One like one of my favorites that just finished was uh, is a guy called Life, spelled with a Y. He had like a, an Ultimate Iron Man combat only thirty defense account, um, and he finished full Inquisitor, which Jesus. is insane. <laughs> like, to, like so literally only attack strength, thirty defense, mage range, prayer hit points. Those are the only skills on the entire account. I think it's like 738 total with like full quiz on a UIM. It's bonkers. It's insane. Jesus. No potions. Like you have to get potions from like drops and stuff. It's bonkers. Oh um, inspired me to make like an 807 account. Uh, and then I got drunk and got two cooking. So now it's an 808. <laughs> 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 we don't talk God about damn that. It. What, what um, do you think about negative XP lamps? Do you think those are appropriate? Um, I'd like to see them. Uh, my understanding is that like technically they're actually like really difficult to do. Yeah, I can only imagine. Maybe not like completely impossible, but for the number of players that they would benefit, I think it might be like more expensive. And there's just like so much going on. I could be wrong. But yeah, like, content creation now is in such a sick place, right? Even like when you get into P 
people like Jimmy doing his like kind of like green screen yep. commentary videos on old school. Like I don't know, there's just something for everyone in content creation now, and like Twitch is just booming. There are so many like really talented people doing everything. You've got like more casual people. You've got people like Jellyfish playing completely guideless. You've got like Giga like endgame PVMers. You've just got people who are just the most charismatic people imaginable, and like I don't know, there's just it's in such a cool spot, right? Like the game. There's such like a ridiculously rich history and appeals to I think just so many people from all over that like if you want something to watch, there's definitely something that you will enjoy watching. Yeah, no, there's there's a ton. I even like going back. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean there there's actually multiple like OSRS podcasts going on. Like, um, well, there's Base After Dark, which I don't know if they focus too much on OSRS, but it's definitely a bunch of RuneScape creators that are talking. And uh, Real Homie Hour, which is uh, Mick Dilks, or Mick Homie now is uh, his podcast. And hmm. Boon Bape is what, like, there, I, I looked on Spotify and I just typed in OSRS. And, like, there's, like, a significant amount of RuneScape podcasts. I was surprised. And uh, yeah, there's, this, there's just everything, right? Like, yeah. Th this is kind of, like, a little spoiler, but I might be making a video soon just... I want to make like a top five, it'd probably have to be like top five, top five Rune, RuneScape podcast that doesn't include my own because I want to okay, like number one, the Saybaker. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, you know, number one and two, Saybaker. Now, um, but I really want to like explore these podcasts because, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like a lot of effort to just listen to, you know, just a random podcast you've never heard before and just do it. But I'm going to, like, go through them. And I think I want to, like, rate them just to get the podcasts out there more because there are quite a few that just people haven't even heard of. So Based off the dark especially is one that I listen to so much as well. Oh, it is I don't think hilarious. I'd ever be able to go on Based off the dark and uh, contribute properly as Mod Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. it, they're very polite, too. Like, I was on Base After Dark and, like, with there was six other dudes i mean no no there was seven other i think it was eight of us originally and i was like this is gonna be the sh this is gonna be a shit show like we're all gonna be talking over each other but now it was like everyone was very respectful and it was like going really smoothly i was very impressed so but yeah there's there's a there's content out there for everybody in terms of which i prefer as well because i've just like read over the question i really don't know i think like I think I'm a fan of the more modern stuff, just because I think a lot more of the modern stuff is like, I guess, like reaching mainstream audiences in a lot of cases, or like trending and such in ways that it like wasn't before. Like I feel like with progress series, you sort of had to be like playing to appreciate them, and I think now with like the effort gone into storytelling and like that kind of thing and like accessibility, I guess, like it's cool to see, like during like Swampletics and stuff, you had so many, so many verified twitter users and stuff just like talking about having like watched it and enjoyed it yep. like people like shocks from like uh league of legends casting and stuff like that just like the craziest reach I, just, I think that's really cool like just i'd love to see like more of a just putting old school out to as many people as possible right like to see the game grow and to see more people like reconnect with maybe some of the memories they made on the game as a kid and i think people are doing that now and like recreating that sense of discovery and like wonder that was maybe lost a little bit absolutely here's an interesting topic or just question i guess simple question spooky or furry wall spooky wall 
asks, what is your favorite RuneScape sound? Favorite RuneScape sound? Yep. Uh, as of as of recently, Zabak's roar. <laughs> I, I did, it's just so... Maybe it's like added to by... Um, you know, like the animation and just how nuts the like whole mechanic is, but like I think that's just insane. Um, in terms of like iconic sounds, Ice Barrage, I, something about it, man. You know, I think my favorite is the room crafting altar sound. Yo, good a one. Like yeah. Um, a lot of time for that. You know what one that's tilting though is crushing a gem, like crushing like an opal or something. Like, yeah. Like, like you're cutting, you're getting that satisfying noise, and it's like. It's just like fuck. What? Like, why is this? First of all, because you're a JMod, I got to bring it up to you. Can the night? Can the crafting cape please like give a perk that you never break a gem ever again? Like that? Like that's got to be a thing. Like is, is that? That's not busted, right? Like why are we still breaking uh, gems at ninety nine? The the fragile gems. Yeah, but you know, maybe you... it's to do, maybe it's to do with the purity. Of, it's nothing. It's no. It's no comment on your skills as a craftsman. Maybe you know the opal itself was just too full. Yeah, I actually, you know, I think impurities make gems hard to cut. Generally, I could be wrong, but you know, <laughs> I'm just tilted by it to this day, just continually crushing them even at 99. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, you know yeah, what's also annoying? with some love, I think, or balancing them. Yeah, the one more annoying sound is, um, you know, when you're going across like an obstacle with, uh, oh, 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 it's this pyramid plunder. You walk in, you accidentally misclick the little uh, um, inspect wall or whatever, and you accidentally just run through it and you get stabbed by like the wall arrow things. That noise. I've never heard that sound. I don't often play with game sounds, weirdly. I really should because I know they're like. Mm. I always especially play with sounds, with never like, music though. Yeah, especially with more recent content, I think sounds and like audio cues are a lot better than oh, they used to be. But I'm huge. just not used to playing with sounds. Yeah, that noise though of you getting stabbed and sent back a tile to like redo it again is incredibly tilting. It's the noise of it just pisses me off. As long as we're happy leaving the ACB spec untouched. That actually happened to me the other day when I was chopping a tree. Like it, uh, I got a NAS and the the uh, ACB spec went off. I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is it? A one in two fifty six or something chance of happening? I have, something yeah, weird. I think it's something like that. But it's just so funny. Like I, it's just so, <laughs> so egregiously random. loud. I love it so much. I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> like... Oh my god. Okay, um, Father Eric, which goblin NPC is the best? Oh, Zanuck every day. Nice. She's going to do great things one day if we uh, if we have a backport stuff like Chosen Commander and stuff. Maybe. Spoilers. General Bent knows. He's pretty dope. <laughs> like him. I just, I, I can't stand them because of the uh, because of the Goblin Diplomacy cutscene just not being like skippable in its entirety. <laughs> just so long listening to them whine at each other. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you, is there anything that uh, you would like to touch on before I cover my just last topics? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm kind of like blasted through almost all of the replies. Yeah. 
Okay, um, Mod Goblin, or as Eviescape said, uh, just a little shout out to Eviescape, says God Moblin. I like that. It's my, uh, it's my main irons in game name. Oh, really? God yeah, Moblin, I love it. Alter ego, I'm invisible. <laughs> Nobody knows. Okay, um, I want to ask uh, for three shout outs, first of all, but before that, oh, and, oh. I, and I know earlier you had mentioned, you know, you're not really sure you know what your plan is for five years down the road life changes pretty quickly but i still want to ask uh and i'll make it a little bit easier where do you see yourself in like two years from now like do you are, do you still imagine yourself being uh you know a part of jagex and still like i mean i'm assuming so do you have any other like goals maybe like irl potentially that you haven't talked about like things that you want to accomplish in the next two years um yeah i think my my fiance and i would both kind of like to move out of london a little bit uh, we pay a lot for like a one bird flat at the moment um i think we'd like to move somewhere with a bit more space get a dog <laughs> it's like not the not the loftiest of ambitions but yeah, i think that's cool i don't know ne neither of us want kids but uh would love to pour some affection into a dog instead you know that's cool yeah uh, the most natural downgrade <laughs> or upgrade, I don't know. Depends who you are. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe it would mean me moving a little bit closer to Cambridge as well. I could potentially spend a bit more time in the office, which is cool, because I got to go in like, just after I started, when we did Game Jam, I got to come down to the office, and it was just sick to see everyone. And Yeah. There's, like, I, I enjoy remote working for so many reasons, um, but I think every now and then, like, you know, there is like some kind of a a social touch to being in the office that you can't really easily recreate remotely. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. I'm hoping that I'm still at Jagex in two years, um, unless either the best opportunity in the planet just lands in front of me, or um, or I really mess up, which I'm hoping does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to think I'll still be here. Um, hopefully, I'll have had some some cool like projects under my belt as like a a CM that I was like really heavily involved with that'd be kind of cool and um I, who even knows what like the game will look like two years from now right and like the I don't know just like player attitudes and stuff the yeah. kind of like culture around old school like weird to think about but yeah would like to think I'd still be here um maybe just in like a, a different place I uh, would like to stop smoking and lose some weight as well um but life's been a bit of a movie recently I um some of the, I think some of the reason that like getting settled maybe took like a bit longer than I thought was uh, being raised by grandparents. I had um, both of them falling ill like quite a lot, like towards when I started. Yeah. Uh, and I had my, my nan had a stroke, then uh, my granddad had a stroke, and then my granddad was fine. And uh, they found like really late stage liver and pancreatic cancer in my nan, and then she passed quite recently. Mm, and that's sorry. been like pretty rough to deal with. No, it's not that deep. I mean, it happens, right? It's a part of life. But yeah. I, um, yeah, I just want I want my like personal life I think to be in like a stable enough state where I feel like I'm actually like at my best at work because I feel like I've not been at my best necessarily for like a little bit. And I'm trying to get back there, but um yeah, I don't know. I think like a quieter personal life and just being able to like do really good work and to look back at not even publicly, but like just to know for me that like even something that might not have my like name attached to it publicly because I'm not really like I said earlier, nobody's like a lone wolf. Everything's a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. Just like having a bunch of stuff that I can look back on, like for me, and be like, I think I did really good shit here. Like I think I did good work, and it was like, you know, like I don't know. I just like to feel like that in two years' time, I'll have 
done stuff that has made the game better. Um, <clears throat> would be cool. Very cool. All right. I'm going to ask you now for three shout-outs from the community, mm -hmm. anybody. Um, so, yeah. It, feel, uh, I'm gonna, it feels like a cop-out, but everybody cops out when it comes to shout-outs. Literally but everybody one does. Of them, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got to be, it's gotta be um, the rest of the CM team. I've said, like, I think two or three times already. But yeah, they're Like, great. the wider team in general, but CM especially. Just, like, they make every day a pleasure. Like, I have so much love for Sony, Light, and Aiza. Um, I don't know. They're just the best people to work with. Huge fan. Um, number two... Um, gonna be my boy. Uh, I'm gonna say Guns Chili. I just I love oh, everything yeah. the man does. I'm such a huge fan. I want the biggest the biggest simp for Tom. Uh, <laughs> I just ever like, I saw like one of his like Ranger Boots edits like so 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 long ago, like years ago, and I've just been obsessed ever since. And uh. He's crazy talented. I think he's like lovely. He's like nuts at the game as well. He's just like such a such an all rounder as like a content creator. I think. Yep. Like game knowledge bonkers. Um. Kind of like concepts really good. Editing really good. So much time for Guns Chili. He's absolutely lovely as well. And hmm. And number three. I will say. Um, oh, it's my boy Pure Swam, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 we'll say Pure Swam. Ian's been like a really good friend for like a long time, and um, he's not always the easiest to keep in touch with, he's an absolute nightmare to just like call regularly. But um, recently, especially when like stuff was like really rough for me, uh, we'd be playing like Risk of Rain 2 together a whole bunch, we played a bit of Vermintide, uh, we've been running some like TOA together, it's just been, I don't know, it's just been a good time, and of like. Of all the people in the community, and there are so many other people as well. Like I feel like I could have named so I could have named like West Ham. I could have named Skidler. Um, but honorable mention. I didn't. I just picked a name. But there are so many people that I just have so much love for. The sick nerd as well. Um, I don't know. Just anyone really who's kind of like been a been a friend in the community, especially lately. Um, I don't know. So much love. I, the old school community and the friends that I've made have given me like an absolute shitload, and I'm just grateful to have been a part of it still be a part of it and hopefully help serve it now hell yeah okay mod goblin i had an absolute pleasure today just a just under three hour cast uh i think it went Christ. really well so down in the description everybody listening uh go follow mod goblin on twitter now i'm gonna ask you do you want any other links or any uh no you can't no, just uh, jagex go i don't tweet very much to be fair uh but okay well, should probably tweet more i'll tweet once my probation's over i can start shit posting since <laughs> hell yeah okay oh, wait when does probation end by the way Is uh, it a year should be about i think i'm hoping it's about two weeks from now uh, oh okay nice as long as i say you know as long as i've as long as i've been a good boy um i will be a, a properly a properly full-fledged uh, not that I'm not already, I guess, but you know. yeah, I don't know. That'll be that'll be like a cool milestone, I think. Very, very cool. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening, Mod Goblin. Thank you once again for your time. I loved it tonight, and uh, yeah, next week we are having Jorin or AKA Only Trails on the cast, and I'm very excited for that one. That dude's a king, and uh, yeah, so look forward to that, guys. Thank you very much for listening.
and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.